0: This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we are talking Captive State and Triple Frontier. The
1: aliens have come, and they want our money. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Back from a two-week vacation uh well technically i just had to go to somewhere last week but two weeks ago i just couldn't make the show <laughs> but you're here now i'm here now it's yes. not a, like it's not a robot you it's not a clone of you it could be a clone it of you you be. wouldn't know it
0: right yeah. no it, it it only knows uh the earliest memories though so if you were to ask a, a deep memory it probably wouldn't know
1: yeah all right okay so you're not a <laughs> scroll either no you now to, to be, you're gonna talk about captain marvel later I am. To be fair, I completely forgot about scrolls before I asked you if you were a clone or a copy of yours. The, the, God, the concept of scrolls didn't even occur <laughs> to me until midway through this conversation, which is a little funny. They,
0: they're copies more than they are androids or anything else. So yeah, I know. Know. yeah,
1: scrolls—it's a shapeshifter. I mean, exactly. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, they're Odo. They're <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyway, out now is a film podcast where Aiden and I discuss new movies, new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back into other movie topics. This is episode 355, 355. Nice, I like that number. It's good. It's fun. It rolls oh. off the tongue. 355. That's fun. That's fun to say. That's like, have... that's like a pizza discount deal. 355, are you out of your mind? <laughs> Like that's your. That's two ninety. Remember what Deddy's had two ninety nine. Are you out of your mind for their grand? Now, Do now- they still have
0: that? No, as it's like a, it's a like, Grand Slam breakfast. I
1: think it's like seven ninety nine now for a Grand Slam breakfast. That is
0: not a deal.
1: That's the economy.
0: That's two pancakes, two yeah. two uh, bacon,
1: and what. Two something two eggs 299 was in the 90s when things were you know better with the economy <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> that there, was 30 years ago man when there was no debt <laughs> like, you know that that that's what sure. It was, yeah, this yeah. is that show <laughs> um anyway for episode 355 yeah <laughs> 355 back on topic yeah we're talking uh, captive state and triple frontier mm mm-hmm. mhm Yes, it was Captive State, and then I realized Captive State's going to make no money this weekend, meaning nobody's going to have seen it, meaning why would they want to listen to a podcast solely about this movie that they have not seen? Besides, uh, How many spark-
0: people were in your screening for Captive State? What? How many people were in your screening for Captive State?
1: So I'll say this. My screening for Captive State I had on a Thursday before it opened. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, t- Thursday a week before it opened, so not not a, not like the Thursday before. It was canceled abruptly the day of the screening. Okay. It Also, the embargo was 6 o'clock p.m., the Thursday before I actually saw the movie. so That's I, never
0: a good sign. So I
1: saw the movie at 7 o'clock on Thursday, okay. at an hour after the embargo just broken. Most movie embargoes break if they're if they're if the word if they want the word about to get out they'll break really early like Shazam's embargo early, yeah. Shazam's embargo which I've seen already I'm not going to talk about it but it it, it breaks Saturday the 23rd because it. it comes out two weeks later meaning they want they they yeah they they want to build a hype they want to build a hype and they have a feeling that the critic response and the social embargo is already up so critics are already talking about it but like mm-hmm. they have a feeling it's going to get a lot of good word of mouth and so they want to start letting reviews out now right. captive state. Yeah, Thursday before it actually opens, which is never a good sign. We'll get to what I think of the movie and what you think of the movie. <laughs> we'll get to it, yeah. And I'll say, I, I I'll say, I'll say this, I don't think that embargo was necessary. I think it's a bit too harsh, but, you know, we'll get there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> five people,
1: that's the number of people. Oh, so, yeah, was. so I ended up seeing the movie on the Thursday at 7 o'clock, the, you know, basically the day of its opening. Um, right. And, yeah, it was about seven people in there. then again it's you know it's a thursday night show of some random movie that (laughs) that was seventh seventh in the box office yeah i mean you know
0: uh, together we we've helped make this movie with your theater my theater we've helped make this movie like you know like uh eighty dollars yeah
1: well and we're so in saying all this we're talking captive state (laughs) and triple frontier because triple frontier which is on netflix now if you don't know it already it's the new jc chandor film it stars oscar isaac ben affleck garrett headland charlie hunnam pedro pascal I feel like that's the, I think, I think that's the billing order on the, (laughs) on the poster. Yeah. Well, that movie, Netflix seems to, you know, do well by having big stars in a movie like this that releases on their, you know, streaming service. So we figured, hey, Mm -hmm. people probably watch Triple Frontier. Let's talk about that too. Um, So, yeah. That's, that's what we're talking We're talking about both of those, and Abe's going to get to Captain Marvel, and we'll have some other fun stuff. A lot of good stuff coming this week, I think, as far as what yeah, we're talking Yeah, tons about. of content. A lot of, a lot of content for an episode that has no guests, which is why you hear nobody speaking up, interrupting us in the background. Nobody's I look, laughing at my jokes. I, yeah. I look to my side as if we normally have a guest sitting to our site, and that's not the case whatsoever, but I look to my side First anyway. First of all, we
0: don't have a late-night show format, but that'd be <laughs> fantastic if we did, So then you could look over at your right and be like, oh, yeah, my next guest is. Mm-hmm.
1: You say that as, like I like, looking at my <laughs> my mug of water and my microphone in front of me, as if I am a late night host. Conan, Conan O'Brien style, huh? Mm-hmm. Or actually, every late night every late night host. Night host. <laughs> Conan has a you know Eisenhower mug, but you, you got know a mug. He doesn't know, drink out, of, out of it though. Microphone. It's more just like he doesn't.
0: It's more of just like a, a yeah. desk ornament. Mm-hmm.
1: That anyway, was late, that was late <laughs> that night talk. Exactly. <laughs> that was out now. Out now. Late night review. Yeah, it, it's nice to get a good pregnant pause in there when you don't have any guests to talk to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, big fan. That's a. <laughs> those, are the, those are the movies we're talking about. No guests, just Abe and I this week. Should be fun though, because we got some stuff to catch up on. Um, but first, let's do some show notes. Uh, new commentary track is coming this week. We are going to talk The Matrix because it is is the movie's thir- 20th anniversary this on uh, the 31st. Came out March 31st, 1999, and we're going to talk about that film this week. We're going to put that up. It should be available by the. A couple days after this podcast posts. Yeah, and it blew
0: everybody's mind when they saw it in
1: the theater. When they entered it, they found out what it was and they stopped typing things to they the what is the matrix.com URL. Which I think Was, was that still,
0: a real URL for, that for marketing?
1: The, that was the URL at the time, and then it just became the Matrix because it made, you know, a ton of money and they're like, we can just right. afford to buy the URL of the Matrix.com. <laughs> Whoever sold that Matrix.com URL must feel like a fool now. But let me I'm typing it in just to see what happens when I do what is the Matrix.com.
0: It's, yeah, it's probably still going
1: take, to redirect you, it right? takes you. Yeah, it still takes you to to um, Warner Brothers Matrix site. It takes you to a link to buy the 4K trilogy. <laughs> that's it oh, does. well,
0: there you go. Yeah. Product placement. Yeah.
1: So yeah, we're going to be talking about the second best Matrix movie this week. Yep, I said it. Um, <laughs> what else? Um, that's going to be on iTunes. And speaking of iTunes, iTunes reviews ratings good to get those helps out our show helps we people find the show. If you want to log on to iTunes, search right around out there and Abe. You can do just that. And you can give us a rating and review. Thank you so much in advance. For sure. Uh, let's see. Happy birthdays go out to Jordan Rath, friend of the show, and uh, Joseph uh, Braverman. There, JR
0: work. and JB, mm-hmm. happy birthday.
1: Yeah, they have had some birthdays this week, so good on them. They're, they're still kicking it. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, that's how birthdays work, right? <laughs> I mean, sure. <laughs> um, what else? Let's see. You know what? Speaking of some random good news, did you see a uh, old uh, old Jamie Gunn was hired back onto Guardians of the Galaxy? 3? I did
0: see that. I was very excited to see that, and I was glad that uh, nobody kind of like broke that strike there because Dave Bautista was super adamant about having James Gunn direct it.
1: Oh, he was going to be um, in Suicide Squad too. Which I assume it's, well, not assume, it is, he is still making that first. He's still making and then, yeah. And he's
0: going to do Suicide Squad and then he's going to do uh, Guardians 3. So he's the J.J. Abrams of comic
1: book franchise movies. Yeah.
0: But I was glad that he was hired back because uh, it would have been weird to shoot his script without
1: his vision. For sure. I Even if, I know we're a bit, and despite it having, to me, the superior soundtrack, I know we're like a bit lesser on two than volume sure. one. but. I I mean I I like that yes it does feel like a director that has a vision in mind for what he's doing and so being yep. able to have him back on to finish whatever he's been trying to accomplish with these scripts and what have you works Great. out. It's also the biggest spoiler to me that Spider-Man is going to come back in an Avengers Endgame.
0: How is that uh, the biggest spoiler for you? Because is this because, it, because because, because, our because discussion tell, I'll a tell few tell you weeks because,
1: ago? I'll tell you because if if James Gunn can survive Thanos's snap. How he you if you if, leave? If, just leave. If geeky old James Gunn just, with just his go. spiky hair and his <laughs> no ability could like get out of that, get out of a place where monsters <laughs> do things to him oh and gosh. what have you, and he's still able to come back from it. How how old are you? Because these are terrible dad jokes. These are. This isn't even a dad joke. I'm just saying <laughs> there are terrible monsters that are trying to hurt James Gunn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> terrible horrible monsters that do terrible things and they came at him and he was still able to survive that snap so i think super powered spider-man can come back from that pretty quick straightforward <laughs> right
0: what can i say man uh james gunn is the uh the wielder of stormbreaker <laughs> <laughs> nothing
1: can stop him now
0: yeah
1: but yeah, that was, that was a bit of good news in an otherwise <laughs> distressing yeah. week in terms of life events. <laughs>
0: did you have other things that you want to say about James Gunn, or what did you call him, Jimmy Gunn? Jimmy, Jimmy G. <laughs> Jimmy G. Yeah. Locked, been, oh, wow! Wow! You, you have him on speed dial on your lo- phone. Locked and loaded, Jimmy G. Jimmy G. You should yeah. text him. Tell him. Uh, tell him to say uh, good job. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Can you do it now? Hold on. Let me. Let me. Uh, two seconds.
2: Whoop. Yeah. Whoop.
1: Hold on. i'm holding
0: i hear the dialing i hear, I hear the number pads.
1: hey it's james gunn i'm not here right now i don't know why he has an accent we, we could cut all of that <laughs> <laughs> that was a long
0: bit <laughs> i wasn't sure what you're doing then when i heard the phone i was like this is
1: gonna take a long time <laughs> okay so never again with that um yeah. but yeah Okay, so yeah, outside of that, that's show notes. Let's move on now. Let's get to some, uh, let's get some know everybody. Sure. Retweak, ask each other a question. To try to set the tone for the podcast. I better get to know, know everybody. everybody. I feel like we just had a lot of know everybody right there. I know. Stuff, but I, I mean, still have first a...
0: of all, we're the hosts of the show. We, yeah. we, we've, we've known each other for quite a while because like, we uh, know a lot about each other. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but I feel like the listener that's like, you know what, 355 is my kind of number, and they're talking about both this movie I didn't see and Netflix's Triple Frontier. And apparently
0: Aaron has Jimmy Gunn's uh, phone number.
1: Yeah, so I'm sticking with him so far. I gotta know what these guys gotta know about each other. <laughs> <So Yeah. laughs> I assume this is everything that they ask themselves and say to themselves like silently while they're quietly listening. Um, Probably. This is
0: exactly what Andy and uh, Andy returning and Connor Bryan do every night. they just like, well, what do I need to know about Andy that's new?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a question for you. In it. What would it take for you to be on the side of the aliens? Let's say the aliens are like, they're like winning this. They have every they have everything under control. Are,
0: are they like jerk aliens? Do we I know?
1: I don't know. Let's just let's say you don't really know. Let's say you're just kind of like, well, aliens are here and they seem to be controlling things now. But do I want to follow that lead? What what's the what's the what's what's it gonna take for you to be like, you know what? Whatever. Let me just go along with them. Uh, that's a great question
0: because <laughs> you know, honestly, because like a lot of movies are like anti, like we're not gonna be enslaved by anybody. Uh, whereas this was like. Hey man, what if they brought you peace and wellness and like language like an arrival? <laughs> right? So what what does it take for me well, to seen, be on I, their
1: side? The mm. difference there is that arrival in most alien invasion or alien occupation because arrival's not really an invasion, it's just more like, hey, yeah. we're stopping here. We're here, <laughs> yeah, we're at a gas station. It, it seems like that's the, the all of those are kind of immediate. Like, everything that happens in those movies happens within, like, a, you know, a day or a week. You know, like Independence mm-hmm. Day or what have you. Where it's like, yeah, we're going to handle the situation right away. This movie that we're going to talk about, it's, you know, like... It's been is, a few years. Time has yeah. passed <laughs> since this years. happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, so what, it's like, where, where are you in this? Where you're like, you know what? They gave me a couch. Like, I don't know what you're saying. What you're saying. <laughs> I don't know about <laughs>
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, honestly, if they if they did... Well, we're going to get to it. But Captus, they they seem to blow a lot of things up. But if they didn't blow anything up and they were like, hey, by the way... We're gonna introduce to you guys some knowledge, and, and we'll be your overlords. But you guys, you guys have been terrible. We're gonna try and clean everything up, and I'll be like, "Yeah, I like this. I'm okay with this." Right? If they're if they're trying to mistake or if they're trying to correct the mistakes that we've made, I'm cool with it. But if if they're kind of coming like coming in hot, like in Independence Day or you know the the Wicker Park massacre. Then of course I mean like no no we've got to go and fight back we've got to we've got to go get some we need we need Bill Pullman to give us a speech.
1: I mean there's a colonialism aspect here that I think you're overlooking as far as how they. I mean you're, you're referencing it in both ways I guess as far as well the, the after effects seem to have a sense of good in them but in the meanwhile the the way to get to that was like yeah we had to just wipe out a lot of you first which seems like every alien invasion story. <laughs> yeah. Although Independence Day they're like locusts as Bill Pullman under. Under um, alien, alien hypnosis describes they <laughs> travel that's, from yeah, planet right. to planet yeah. taking all their natural resources.
0: And that's why he's going to nuke Austin.
1: I think it's Dallas.
0: Mm, we're going to fact check that and we'll get I, back to you I'm next week. Sure
1: I'm pretty sure it's Dallas. the day <laughs> nuke scene. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most important thing. Uh, okay well, so you so you so you're just saying like if it all seems like Houston it's Houston we were both it's wrong.
0: Houston we're, we're <laughs> in between damn it. <laughs> you chose the north city I chose the east city it's the west city. Jeez. <laughs> um, oh, all right well that's all that, that's how much we know we about it We both knew
1: it was Texas. Yeah exactly
0: I knew that it was Texas. <laughs> what it, well how are you thinking about the situation which alien or how are you going to the alien What would it
1: take for me to be on there to side? be like yeah I'm cool with this Well, the new couch, I think, was a pretty good start right there. Like, if I'm sitting here, aliens are taking over, I get home, and I'm like, man, that was a rough day realizing about these aliens. But I I look, and there's like a couch that has like a bow on it, especially if there's a bow. I'm thinking, well, I got a new couch. I mean, it's not like Uh, like I'm about to hop into a jet and like, you know, Randy Quaid my way into getting out of the situation. So I might as well just take the couch, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, up yours, right? (laughs) (laughs) I've got a question for you. How much money is too money? Too much money for you? To, to, if you're gonna go rob some guy's house, mm-hmm. you How much money is too much money?
1: Well, I mean, I think the obvious answer, as we'll talk about later, uh, comes down to weight. Can I can I carry this money? <laughs> like that's not how I, I see I, it at
0: all. If, if, if I can't. <laughs> No, I'm just like, dude, we gotta stop being greedy here.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it comes down to like practice. So, I mean, we're gonna talk about Triple Frontier, yeah, but another, are. another, but another example is The Way of the Gun, which you and I are both big fans of. And dude, a big part that of that movie, realistic. a big part. A big part of that movie is the is the ransom that they have for the kidna- the kidnapping that Ryan Phillippe and Benicio del Toro's characters do, and they ask for like ten million dollars. And yeah. they say at first they say small bills, and and uh, Tay, like Tay Diggs plays like one of the like the he's like the, uh, like the the hired muscle on the exactly yeah hired gun yeah. He, like or,
0: they're yeah. like a hired like uh, what call it strategist
1: yes. And so he's on the other side of the phone. He's like yeah small bills, and he's like you know how much that weighs, and it's like <laughs> it's such a funny line because it's like okay. Okay, hundreds, like, like they switch it up and by the time they get to the actually, the end of the movie where they're trying to get the money, there's three giant bags that yeah. have what $100 bills in $10 million would be and the whole problem is how cumbersome it is to carry that,
2: it's, yeah, where like it's
1: they're, crazy. they're tasked with both fighting off a whole bunch of like henchmen as well as lifting these incredibly heavy bags of money yeah.
0: so, just think about it. You're, you, like if you think about this, right, and this is more for like a, a perspective thing if you picked up two reams of printer paper that's two reams now imagine taking up like the entire box,
1: mm-hmm. right? That's how much you're carrying. <laughs> so I guess I mean there's obviously variables to your scenario you presented to me, where you're asking how much money is too much money. Well, it's like okay, let's assume that I'm by myself. I have no yeah. like, I have I have no like carrier. Type thing, whether it's a vehicle or just like something on wheels, like the you know a lift, what so have you're you. you're using your hands. i using, like, using my hands. I mean, I, it has to be something I can carry, right? So sure. it's it's not about monetary number at that point. It's about what can I actually take with me. So, exactly, that's yes. what I'm saying. Yeah. So that 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 would be that's my answer. Yes.
0: It's how much you can take with you without getting greedy.
1: I mean, a big problem with Benny and the money and the mummy was that he was trying to take too much stuff instead of just get out of that pyramid or whatever.
0: I, was... I mean, he was he was never gonna leave that pyramid. Let's be honest. I, I made <laughs> he, he 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 see the alien overlord came to him that in that one the mm-hmm. alien and being the mummy. I made that you realize like,
1: that Benny is in captive state, right? That's why I made. Yeah, that I manifest. know yeah, okay. Benny's in captive state,
0: and he's also the guy who dies in uh in there will be blood. He's the brother. In yes, the he's woman. the brother in there. Yeah,
1: Kevin J O'Connor. I think he's a great character actor. Great character real, actor. I was yeah. really happy to see him in. I was like, oh, that's great. He's in here. That's fun. I was I like, said, is that Michael
0: Keaton with a wig?
1: No, it's not Michael <laughs> Keaton with a wig. All right, so I think that's how we play. That's how you'd play yeah, right? No, everybody. <laughs> Extended. Yeah. Yes. All right, let's do some out of quickies. Trademark. Each week out now, you only do That's trademarked. Mm-hmm. Abe, what have you seen?
0: Well, I watched Captain Marvel, and I haven't listened to what you guys said about it. Captain Marvel is the the biggest release that came out last week, and it's the reason
1: it's, it's out this week. <laughs>
0: Is this still the biggest release this week?
1: Yeah, another sixty-nine million dollars this week. There yeah. you go. On its uh, it's, it's, on, it's on it's on the track. It's like it's already at seven over seven hundred worldwide. So yeah. it's it's going to join the billion-dollar club. It looks like.
0: I mean, good job. I mean, kudos to you guys. Um, I thought that it was okay. I, I didn't think that it was incredible, and I didn't think that it was. I don't think it was bad. I think that. Uh, a lot of it came down to like the script. I think because the acting is fine. All the actors, not the the actors are very good. You know, you have Academy Award winners, Academy Award nominees. I
1: mean, yeah, Marvel's casting is never really seems to be yeah. an issue with these movies.
0: But it just felt as though it it wanted to say more than one thing all at once, and then it didn't really know how to handle it. Um, so I felt that the editing was also kind of like just – it wasn't poor, but it was just okay. Like The way that they edit through through the these storylines. And then I also felt as though um, like the action sequences – they were just not very good. Um, The first action sequence, the hand-to-hand combat stuff is just like not very good. And I think that's mostly because the way that they shot it. But uh, on the whole, I I think that they kind of, uh, they being the producers and and the showrunners, I feel as though they, they kind of rushed this one a little bit. I mean, you're saying feel... exactly what
1: Alan has said last week. Right? Is that what he right. said? Yeah, yeah he Cause... didn't like it. I like it more than him, and I agree yeah. with what I, – I think we're, you and I are on the same page with it. But, yes, this is this is yeah, largely cause, the, the, cause qualms, I... the qualms that we had with the film. Right, because, I again,
0: like I feel like this feels like – I don't know where the story goes. I haven't read the comics, and I, I don't really know what's going to happen. I know that there's going to be like a showdown, but still, it feels like, um, you know, I, I didn't really get a sense of who Carol Davers da- – Davers? Davers. Danvers, yeah, I don't really get a sense of like who she was before Captain Marvel, and even as Captain Marvel, I don't really know what she stands for. Um, you know, I, I know that she stands for like peace and equality, or I'm sorry, like uh we um, Equality throughout the galaxy, but it, that kind of came out at like a weird time. Um, ben Mendelsohn, again, the casting of what you said is it's tremendous. Oh, he's but, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's tremendous in like multiple roles. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it's weird because uh, here's an example of how the editing and maybe like they tried to move too fast is. She falls into a blockbuster, and you kind of think that maybe it's going to go with a, a 90s nostalgia kick. Um, Which, and it kind of does. It does, then,
1: very much so. It's, but then they just start everywhere. playing these
0: songs. Yeah, they just start playing these songs that kind of just... Are um, 90s songs. Of, they're, they're 90s songs, for sure, yeah. And, and they, they show
1: you 90s posters all over the place. And, they, and
0: No, totally, and her <laughs> grunge look and everything else is spot on. But I, I think that... Um, the way that the songs are introduced, at some sometimes I just felt as though it was kind of uh, shoehorned in. Sometimes, too. well,
1: yeah, because oh, a big thing that we talked about last week, where there there are two key song drops that happen basically one after another um, yep. towards the end of the film. And yes, one's in like their her like state of whatever central intelligence stuff, mm-hmm. which I thought was better, but then the second one during a major action sequence, I thought was. Way too much. <laughs>
0: yes, I think that we're on the same... I think we're, t- we're thinking about the same thing here. And, and, and I kind of went back to Guardians of the Galaxy, just like in the first one. Mm-hmm. Like, the musical cues here, they fit with the, what I'm seeing on the screen and kind of how the theme is going throughout yeah. the movie as well.
1: Yeah, that's so, something I I wanted to point... I, I forgot to point that out last week, where I feel like yeah. the, the comparison point there is that, <laughs> speaking of, James Gunn, James Gunn has a very strong handle on what music he wanted to choose, because right. basically because it felt personal to him and the story he's trying to tell, where these feel more like... Those were ninety songs. These are can, ninety
0: songs, exactly. Like,
1: yeah. It doesn't it doesn't feel like they're organic to the scenes they come in. They just feel like yeah. okay, that that's a that's a and fitting that, that that has a rhythm that we can appreciate, so we'll put that in there, I guess.
0: Right. Yeah. So that that's kinda how I felt about just overall why it felt a little clunky, but I honestly like sad for me to say, but it, it felt like a stepping stone movie just to get to the next parts. And this is something that I I've really reserved judgment on because the only movie that I've ever said that about was Thor Two, The Dark World. Uh, Whereas, like, this movie definitely feels like a stepping stone just to get Thor from point A to point B and so to, to uh, you know, get him into wherever he's going to go next, which is uh, Ragnarok and also, like, you know, the dark places to figure out what's going to go on with the galaxy. But with all that being said, though, again, it's not a bad movie because I, I did enjoy it from time to time. I think that it was just a little bit um, just didn't feel like they they gave it enough, enough care which is a weird thing for me to say for marvel movies
1: well i mean yeah i again i think we're on basically the same page and i, I rank it rather low in my list of marvel movies it's right behind dr strange right now for me which i yeah. which has grown for me in appreciation but i'd still put it fairly low on the this sure. captain marvel low on the list um and it's you point that out it's it is interesting to think that because like marvel's brand is so strong where even when they're on autopilot and i'm not going to say that no pun intended but not even when they're
0: <laughs> how dare you i'm not going to say
1: i'm not it was not intended uh, i was <laughs> I actually mean that sometimes i don't mean it i never really say yeah. that though to begin with if i mean it i'm gonna mean it. i'm not gonna dance around it yeah i made a fucking pun what are you gonna say about it <laughs> but um no but what I, I don't mean to say autopilot as far as like insulting the filmmakers that spent hours and no, hours and right. hours of time but as far as you know there's something about this compared to, for say, Black Panther or Guardians of the Galaxy, which those feel like movies that have personality to them because of what the directors and filmmakers are really bringing to them as far as their own lives and what have you go. Right. Where here, it feels like we hired on a couple of new directors to handle the actors and do the job, and like I'm sure they had a commitment there that you know was worth the time and what and effort and what have you. Sure. Um, but at the same time, the Marvel brand is so strong where even if it's not kind of flowing in the the, the best of possible ways to make a classic film, you're still going to get a pretty entertaining movie. <laughs> like, that's that, sure, that, right. that's a credit to Marvel. It doesn't mean that, you know, Captain Marvel suddenly is suddenly so much better because of that. It's just like, well, they, they still can, you know, they can hit a single, even if they're, you know, not trying as hard as sure. they are when they hit, you know, those triples or those home runs. Like
0: Yeah, that, that's a great way so to good. put it. I mean, it's a single or a double. It's not really a triple or a home run. Um, but...
1: Sports. I know sports. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> yeah,
0: but you know, I, I do encourage people to go see it. Uh, it's just kind of warm because it's weird to think about this thematically. Because thematically, I could, I could sense like a few themes going through it. You know, mm-hmm. stuff about genocide and stuff about being on the right side of war, kind of thing, um, and then even about female empowerment and also like you know believing in yourself. I mean, I love that montage toward the end there, where she's kind of, like, you know, getting back up on her feet all the time. Makes you I was like, up. where was this movie? You know what I mean? Like, where, where was, like, this feeling of, like, hey, you know, I, I've been knocked to the ground many, many times. And... Yeah, I
1: wish there was more of that, like, throughout the film, because that would give me, like you're mentioning, there's a lack of kind of, you know, it's not that we dislike the lead character, but, yeah, yeah, there's not much there, which comes with both making her backstory a mystery, but at the same time, you're not filling in the blank of something that seems all that specific it seems pretty right. general as far as yeah. yeah if you get knocked down you get back up again that's a chumbawamba song i mean that's, <laughs> that's all right i'm not against this idea it's a pretty positive way to think but does that right. apply to the internal struggle that carol danvers has been having i'm sure it probably does but we didn't see right. much of that beyond glimpses
0: yeah and unfortunately as an origin story i don't think i, I agree with you it's one of the weaker origin stories which is a shame but yeah. still it's making money and i hope that they make Captain marvel too and they They kind of um, think about it the the way that it's gonna evolve, and I'm sure that her character will, uh, will uh, with the Russo brothers directing her in Endgame, I'm sure it'll be a little bit different as well.
1: Yeah, and we talk. I mean, I don't want to talk about too much what we talked about last week. and Listen to that week's episode, but there is a discussion of, you know, we've made this character basically, you know, the most powerful thing. So what is this movie gonna have to do to kind of tamper, or you know, you know knock her down as far as what ability she can have that requires her to need six other people to help her defeat Thanos. Hmm, interesting. Because it's like, she's pretty powerful already. It's like, you, you, I mean, you, you need Hawkeye to, like, to help out with the situation. <laughs> oh, I mean, need those arrows. Was it not Captain Marvel that was enough to defeat this this Titan? You need Guy with the arrows and, like, Shrink Man <laughs> to um back you up? First of uh, all, his name is Ant-Man. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and thinking, that was an awesome scene when he's flying on the arrow tip. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just look at the snakes here, and it's like, yeah, sure, Iron Man, I get and, it, and you know, yeah. what, uh, Cap, and the whole—those yeah. seem, like, yeah, <laughs> seem like people that can probably help in a situation. It's like, and Hawkeye's there to. I don't know, get the flowers around him first to clear the path. I, you know, we'll see. He's got
0: a family to take care of.
1: Not anymore, he doesn't. Oh, that, <laughs> that we know of yet. We're not sure. I'm pretty sure he's... I don't think he's, like, doing rogue assassin missions <laughs> in Asia because his family's all nice and happy. Maybe, maybe maybe
0: he just went on vacation by himself and he just decided to kill some
1: fools. Abe, nobody got that haircut because they wanted to go on vacation. <laughs>
0: Anyway, uh, I'm glad that you guys sort of uh, felt the same way. I wasn't sure how you were actually going to feel. I, I was,
1: I was well, Alan and I feel more in your camp. Alan or um, Jim and um, and um... <laughs> who else? <was> yes. <laughs> who else was on? With us? I'll give you time to think of his name or her name. <laughs> it was all of us last week? we had Jim and we had Alan um... and. and... Oh, Peter! We had Peter on. That's Peter our- Harris. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. There you go. I was. I was looking, there was a third. There was a fourth person because it wasn't Peter, you. <laughs> Peter, we didn't mean to hurt your feelings there. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I don't, I don't sweat too much if I heard Peter. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh,
0: rude. Uh, uh, anyway. And then, uh, lastly, I would just say that I also watched Mission Impossible twice on the flight to and from New York.
1: The first uh, Mission Impossible.
0: No, Mission Possible uh six. Or... Okay.
1: Let's get let's get our let's get our punctuation straight here. Let's say this whole title again.
0: <laughs> Mission colon impossible, uh, fallout. Is it dash fallout?
1: Dash fallout, thank you.
0: Dash fallout, yeah. It's gonna
1: be it very it important when parabellum. we talk about John Wick chapter three colon or sorry, John Wick, colon chapter three dash parabellum.
0: Yeah, and what I'm still waiting for is uh the raid colon like Barendal or the the third one. Brandall is the second one. Yeah. The
1: well, there's one. no third one announced as of yet. Oh, so. uh, yeah.
0: man. That guy got too cool. But with all that being said, I watched it uh, on the way there and the way back. It's a so great you watched,
1: movie. you watched Mission Impossible twice? Yes.
0: Yeah. And what I want to say about it is that it's uh, – what's crazy is that the exposition happens – you've mentioned this. Uh, the exposition happens in the first, like, ten minutes, mm-hmm. and the rest of it is just action. And it's pretty cool, pretty fun. Yeah,
1: from the director of Way of the Gun. So there you go. Check it out. <laughs> yeah. <it's... laughs> Uh, I've seen a few things this week. Um, I got a couple screeners, so I'll mention two of them. Um, Ash is Pyrrhus White. Um, this is a Chinese drama uh, from. <laughs>
0: that movie did look pretty good.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's from uh, director Jia Um Ooh. I'm probably okay with pronouncing that. Um, it's it's neat. It's a mobster movie and a romance where yeah. this like enforcer and his is like his. Um, his girlfriend his girlfriend yeah i don't think they are they're not married but like they're they're involved something happens she goes to jail um it starts in 2001 and it ends in 2017 and it kind of tracks oh, wow. it yeah it tracks like the things that happen over that amount of time not yeah. on not unlike a movie like Cold War my third favorite movie of 2018 <laughs> <laughs> okay it's a lot different but in ter- it's it has a kind of dark level of humor to it um it deals with how the times are changing there's a running joke about how the phones keep changing over that time which is kind of which is pretty it's a neat way to kind of track the time in there because you see 2001 phones versus smartphones of today <laughs> um but no it's a, it's it's a it's a set for a two and a half hour movie it's got a lot going on that's that uh works quite well um so yeah that's ashes pure so it's an limited release this week that's um, here I, so, so i also saw gaspar knows climax okay um, which um Gazpromo is a he is a way of using the camera to make you very uncomfortable because of just what he chooses to do with it, whether it's turning it upside down or having you track very close to actors, so you're just kind of right there. It's the so like irreversible is like the one he's like known for as far as just being very intense and it has a memento structure and it's very alive and vivid with its kind of imagery and what have you. Uh, He made a film a few twenty. 10, I think somewhere around there, uh, called uh, Enter the Void, which is this kind of ethereal film where the main character dies like five minutes in and you just kind of track him as like the camera acts as like his first person as you follow him, like kind of haunting around his area. This film is the most straightforward and kind of has a the better point uh, as far as what it's trying to say, because it's about this dance troupe. It's based off a real event. Uh, where this dance troupe is getting ready to go to America for like a big performance and someone puts LSD into their like drinks while they're having a party the night before they leave. And they all just go crazy. Uh, and it, so it starts with this long tracking shot of just this like big dance routine that goes on. It's not on like a step up movie, honestly. <laughs> okay. Um, and then from there it turns into a horror film Yeah. because it's just like these, these people just be, they just grow more paranoid and crazy and the cameras, it's using a lot of long takes, Throughout mm-hmm. the movie, there's very, there's, there's, there's one that's like 40 minutes, like uh, there's clever edits, uh, but it's not like, a, it's not a true single shot, but you can still like the effort to put into something like this. It It's, it's impressive, but it's also kind of like unnerving because of how the camera moves. There's a lot of use of lighting that changes around. Like there's a lot of red lighting, especially, and like the last 20 minutes are all upside down, which is infuriating because of your eyes trying to comprehend what's going on. So it's. It's, it's scary in an untraditional sort of way <laughs> so, interesting but it's like it works for what it's doing too like it, it's a you know it is what it is <laughs> like it's it's a deliberate style and it's not for everybody but it's certainly it's a different kind of horror movie that's right yeah
0: sure. that, that trailer definitely looks intriguing
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah
1: um let's see what else? Uh, I want to make, recommend the Mustang again because I saw it a few weeks back. I talked about it, but now it's actually coming came out this week in four theaters. It's just a really solid – especially because I, when I talked about it, I hadn't written my review yet. And when I write my review, I tend to, like, think more on the film that I saw, which I think makes sense. Um, and so having given, given it some thought, it's a really good movie, and it's a really good-looking movie. Like, the cinematography to kind of show this Nevada prison and these prisoners that are working with horses for their rehabilitation, what have you, there's a lot of great cinematography to kind of capture that and – make the very obvious metaphor about wild horses and prisoners. It kind of, un- it, it helps make it more not in your face because of how like well assembled the movie is. So I just want to shout that one out again. And I'll also shout out again, wonder park uh, mainly because I have a question to you. Uh, but I saw Anna and I saw this movie last week at the premiere yep. and I think it's fun enough. I don't think it kind of goes as far as it needs to mainly because I think the ending is kind of awful. And so I'm going to, I have to ask you a question. Yeah. I, I, if you can answer this offhand, are there any movies that you can think of where you like the movie all the way, and then like the last like maybe five minutes, you're like, "Fuck this movie, <laughs>
0: like, it's, I don't mm-hmm. like this anymore." I want to say yes. I'm sure, I'm sure there's like movies a-
1: where you're like you're you, on the but fence. I can't,
0: I can't. think of like anything like off the, like.
1: There's <sighs> even then. Like I still don't like. I don't dislike this movie. Just no, no, thinking... I just The more mean, I, the though, more I've been it's... thinking about it, I'm like. I really don't like how this movie resolved itself.
0: <laughs> Did it? I mean, I'll have to go. You, maybe you'd to have to kind out. of look
1: into yeah. it, but because there's a specific thing that you think is happening and then it doesn't happen. And it's like, there's other like animated films that are more brave as far as what they stick to for the story. Right. I know but that's I mean, vague, but
0: yeah. And <laughs> I, I get you mean, I, I, I understand what you're saying there too, because I often feel that way about children's or family movies where you can take a, a different route and, you can choose to to play it, I guess, less to pandering audiences. Yeah. But uh, with that being the, with that being said, though, I mean, <laughs> for whatever reason, Drop Dead Fred comes to mind. Like, I honestly, Dead Fred. <laughs> I, and that's not like a terrible ending either, though. It's kind of just he actually goes and befriends somebody else at the end of that movie, and Phoebe Cates goes on to live her life. Um, but I don't, I don't know why that's the the only movie that came to my mind.
1: Okay. Yeah, but who, there who are movies. What's that? Who plays Drop Dead Fred?
0: Some Irish guy, I want to say. <laughs> I don't know his name. I,
1: I've not seen Drop Dead Fred in so years, so many years, and I'm trying to think of like who's the. Is it? Because it, it's. Is it Dudley Moore? No, it's not. Dudley Moore. No,
0: I, I don't think it was somebody that um, that everyone really knew.
1: Rick Mayall.
0: Is he also? Is he from Ireland? I'm
1: looking it up. He is from England.
0: England. Okay. There you go. Well, sorry, Rick. I'm, I'm sorry that I forgot your name. R.A.P. Yeah. He passed uh, away a couple years ago. Yeah. And so, uh, but again, it's not a terrible movie. It's just for whatever reason, that's the movie that came to mind because that's what I think about when I think about wonder park, it's like all these things that you lost in your imagination that are now all of a sudden real again. Um, but yeah,
1: there's, okay. He was like a big English star. Like that's what I'm saying. Like he had a lot of English TV, what have you. Um, He's an American werewolf in London in a small role. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah, do you have an,
0: an example of, uh, besides Wonder Park? Give an example I've been trying of to
1: think. Of, I mean, I just, I just haven't spent too much time thinking about this, but I'm no, I, sh- I am also sure that there are some. I just can't think of any offhand right at this second. Right. Uh, I'm going to have to go look it up, and I'll, I'll get anyway, back should, to you guys we next week. Rev- we should revisit this. Um, anyway, uh, that's enough quickies. Trademark. Let's so move on now. Let's get to our movie trailer talk. we talk about one of the newest movie trailers, when it's coming out, what well, we thought of, and what have you. This week we're talking Midsummer. This is the follow-up film to Ari Aster's Hereditary. Um, mm-hmm. It is set in Sweden. It seems to involve a crew of people that go to a small Swedish village for what seems like some kind of festival, probably a music festival, and takes <laughs> what I assume is a horrific turn towards some kind of cult thing. Um, it stars Florence Pugh, Jack Rayner, and uh, William Jackson Harper, and Will Poulter. Yeah, Will Poulter is in there. People that are all good actors. That's <laughs> it's like, true. This, this is true. Will Poulter. There's a strong cast in there.
0: Yeah, people give him some crap because he does like all these weird movies. But that guy, did you guys know that I get British? Exactly. You didn't.
1: I don't know. I because we, we stood next to like all six seven of him while we took a picture. I know he's, he's a very tall guy. <laughs> he's as well. a very o- tall or, guy.
0: Originally going to play uh, Pennywise.
1: Yeah, but yeah, he was.
0: Look at those eyebrows. Of course, he was going to play Pennywise, right? <laughs> but. Um,
1: Midsummer is an trailer? interesting
0: movie because I I was you interested. went to this festival? <laughs> no no no. Well here here's here, the the trailer starts out with them saying hey you want to go to a nine day festival and I was like okay nine days is a long time for a festival that only happens every ninety years I was like okay this is a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how the that's the first things that you hear in the trailer are those words. Mm-hmm. I was like who would go to this and then you get there and it looks lovey dovey and what I like about it is that uh, much like much like a hereditary not really sure what's going on in the trailer and uh Ari Aster again is known. if you've seen the strange things about the Johnsons and Hereditary and I'm sure with Midsummer, it's going to be some movie that is um not radically different but it's going to be different and it's going to it's going to really not play to anything that you've ever really thought of before mm-hmm. um which is what I'm looking forward to I didn't enjoy Hereditary as much as you did um and the world I'm sorry and the world I mean come on at least like a million people are with me Okay against like a billion, but still there's um, there's a lot of elements of this movie that it looks well done, to be sure, and it looks fanciful and free, but I can't wait for all the strange things to happen. And I'm not even talking about horror elements, I'm just talking about like weird things that I'm sure are just gonna be shock value on the screen or just again, things that are just unnerving. So I'm curious about it.
1: I am I think the, the cinematography is so far the most impressive thing to me because it's a very small teaser. It's not like you get much to go off of. But I it's the same um, guy I asked to work with on um, Hereditary, Pavel Pogelzelski. Um, and I, I really like the use of white in this trailer because it's something that's it's unnerving because it's so uncommon. And especially coming after Hereditary, which is a very dark movie, and dark. including like dark colors, not just content-wise, but yeah, in exactly. terms of like just the way it looks, it's a very like it leans towards blacks um, and you know dark shades of things. So this movie is very white, and it's out in the open and daylight and what have you. And you just get hints of some of the horrific things that are going to presumably happen. You get yeah. one, you get one shot of William Jackson Harper, who is great on The Good Place, and I'm like, oh, this brother's gonna die. Like that's the first oh. thought. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like this guy does he stands out right away <laughs> but, um, but no i i as a as a big fan of hereditary um, yes i'm very much looking forward to whatever Aster has going next and yeah just the look of this so far in this little teaser yeah i i am on board for this movie there you go yeah so midsummer arrives midsummer august 9th um fitting yeah <laughs> so, probably gonna you know. make a lot of money yeah. I like that A24 is catching up on the, hey, we can have fun with our logo thing also, in the same way that other studios do.
0: Yeah, I definitely like the way that it was more floral this time. They got
1: the floral, like <laughs> mid, mid-90s mid was all skateboards last year. Like, they're having fun of that. They're, they're doing stuff. I just wanted to point that out. I think it's fun.
0: But again, do you want to go to a festival for nine days that
1: only happens once every 90 years? No. Oh, no. I mean, cool. it stars the guy that was going to play Pennywise. Why well, would I don't want to go to a festival Something <laughs> <This laughs> that happens every so often? No, I, I've learned my lesson on that right um speaking of which pet cemetery is getting some good buzz just saying
0: i'm really afraid to see it
1: (laughs) yeah but it's good it's gonna have to be a double episode of shazam in a couple weeks (laughs) i've heard
0: some really good things about it
1: (laughs) all right let's move on let's get to our first movie review for captive state baby brother
2: you gotta pick a side Hello Gabriel, I want a lawyer, you and I both know those days are gone, you have a choice to make, work for me, or wind up like your father. We don't have much time.
1: Before first contact, we were fighting amongst ourselves. We needed the legislators to show us a better way.
2: They're protecting us from anarchy. Tell our friends down below they got our full operational support. Harmony, peace. It's a lie. They gonna take everything. What do you want me to do? As long as we fight back. We got a chance. Big money playboy, your time's up. We're facing a full-blown insurgency known as Phoenix. Put your hand up. The networks communicate. They're planning something big. Major love. The team goes tonight. You ready? No one gets taken alive.
1: Hello, Gabriel. You have a job to do.
2: I've got a plan. I have faith in you. Light a match. Ignite a wall. I can take the risk. Get back to the way that things used to be. It's like I said. Those days are gone.
1: (laughs) That should have been some of the trailer for Captive State. So, what if the aliens invaded Earth and gave in? What if Earth gave in? That's the setup for Captive State, the new film from director Rupert Wyatt. John Goodman is a cop-tracking human insurgents, while Ashton Sanders is the younger brother of a resistance leader. We follow them and several other characters as we deal with the state of the world nine years after the initial invasion. Abe, what uh, what do you think of this movie? Uh,
0: it's weird watching like a Netflix miniseries on the screen. Hmm. And and I I say that in a loving way, because I think that this is a movie where there's a lot of different plots here and there's a lot of different characters that you probably want to follow that uh, aren't really given some due justice. So what happens is they pick up the pace immediately, which is fine, because some movies really work that way, where if you the less you know about it, the, the more intrigue it becomes or intriguing it becomes. And in this one it does, but at the same time it doesn't. And what I will say is that I would have liked to have seen probably more of, uh, I guess, what does he call them? These cockroaches? How these alien invaders slash cockroaches? How they operate and what they're all about? Um, and like what you said earlier in the podcast, this is a different take because this is a little bit later into an. Uh, A full act, on invasion, yeah, where an invasion know. where they've basically already uh, Earth has Earth has decided that we will become enslaved to these legislators, and they will they will overrule us. Um, I I will I think that the ideas here are not new, but at the same time, like it's intriguing just to see the way that this resistance is keeping up. But it's not really anything that you haven't seen before. And I think that's really why I, I I feel as though it was a, it's a solid like sci-fi idea that just wasn't really, I don't know if it was really meant for the big screen. And I don't mean any disrespect by that at all. It just feels as though it's not really anything that, uh, really held my attention for much longer than a few seconds when I'm checking out some of the scenery or checking out the way that they, they did this or that. Um, even the intrigue behind what the resistance is, resistance is doing is not all that amazing. Um, the ending is weird because it really opens the door for more of these to be made. And I was like, well, you know, if more of them be made again, if it was like a an a part miniseries on Netflix, um, this might have been a, a that might have been a better vehicle for it. Um, the well, actors are are yeah. fun in it. Um, you know, you have Ziggy from the Wire. Um, you have. Uh, Cameron from uh, Fast Time, or I'm sorry. Uh,
1: uh, Ferris Bueller.
0: Ferris Bueller. Um, John Goodman's in here. I mean, there's like solid acting in here. It's just, I, I didn't really think that it was uh, all that interesting. Um,
1: so yeah. I'll say this because I, I think what you're saying is the movie's messy, um, which I don't yes. dis- I don't disagree with that. I will say that I do think that it is showing you something you don't see. I do think there are things that are that are that are new in how they're presented because it's a it's taking an approach that I like a lot based on both working with a limited budget and just being a different take on an alien invasion movie something we have seen a lot of times I mean mm-hmm. the the whole the, the setup right there is doing it for me as far as yeah we're getting this you know 9 years later so it's like what's what happens next which is something I'm always intrigued by because you we get a lot of like disaster movies or what have you we don't tend to get the follow up to what is what are things like now after that has happened and i get that that's based off well yeah we have a li- we have 25 million dollars the budget of this movie we can't like go all out and showing alien invasions and bull- buildings sure. blowing up and all this kind of stuff but we can show this kind of guerrilla unit that's working against this at the same time seeing how the how things are being governed now that aliens are the leaders of all of us which i do think is neat i, I don't disagree again, i don't disagree that it's messy cuz it is it the setup I think the opening scene is actually pretty thrilling as far as like, oh, okay. Yeah, that was a cool some, thing. Some, some civilian people die in a way that's very unexpected and you get a glimpse of what the aliens are like. And I really like the alien design And it. We don't see much of it and it's all in dark, which for obvious yeah. reasons, because of effects and whatnot and the money. But at the same right. time, it's like, this is something I haven't seen before. Um, it's different and it has a, It's maybe looks a little fake, but at the same time, it's like, well, I, I like the concept of this where there's right. like a, there's a shell that has a very specific thing and then there's a thing under it where I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck that yeah, is. Yeah, so I, like... I definitely <laughs> want to talk about that
0: creature design a little bit later as well for sure. Yeah. Uh,
1: but what I what I dig in this movie, it's difficult because I think John Goodman does great stern face in this movie. Like he's, okay. he's he's doing a lot to kind of play a certain thing. At the same time, I'll ask you this. Did you know what he was up to in this movie, like leading up to the ending of it? Sort of. And... So I feel like I feel like I did too. And yeah. I, um, but I don't think that takes away from my enjoyment of what he's doing here. No, I not at all. I, I especially like the
0: the way they it's executed at the end. Yeah,
1: because there's there's a he's playing. a... am trying not to spoil things, but he's playing a he's playing a cop, but he has like. A connection to Ashton Sanders' character and a connection to Vera Farmiga's character, who they have next to no dialogue, but they share several scenes together. (laughs) So it's like, she's the most frustrating part of this movie because you have to wait a long time knowing the movie's going to eventually fill you in on what the hell's going on with her. Sure. Um, But I like that the movie throws you into this thing, gives you a bit of setup by way of the opening credits just giving you information. But after that, it's very visual. I really like, there's dialogue, but it's a very visual movie as far as how it's showing you how this world works now. It's messy, yeah. it's not always perfect, but I really like, It's a lot, there's a lot of, like, handheld throwing you into the situation. There's, a lot of, there's too much handheld at some point. There actually whatever. is too much handheld. Yeah, there's two, there's, the there's of
0: things it I goes a little
1: like. bit too far off that. But yeah. there's a really cool section, this is what I really started liking the movie, because I, during, the early on I'm thinking. The second thinking, act? The second act, but yes. early, early on I'm thinking people are going to hate this. And sure enough, it has a C minus cinema score because it's like, this movies go all over the place. You have yeah. no lead character. The 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 main people you presented are kind of like, are they good? Are they bad? I, I don't know what you're supposed to necessarily take away from that. Yeah. I do as far as, I'm a person that watches movies all the time, so I, I feel like I know where the strings are here. But at the same time, as a casual viewer, I'd be like, what the hell is this? That's what I, know, I know that's what people would be thinking. But the second act happens and it becomes this It becomes this homage to Battle of Algiers, where it's this, like, suddenly we're following a guerrilla group. We separate who we thought was the main character for a while and just follow a group of people. And it's all visual. There's hardly any dialogue. It's all just showing you pieces of a puzzle. And it's slowly coming together. And you see what that objective is. And it goes through with that. And then you see the after effects of that before it comes back to the main character again. And I thought, that's a really cool section of something. I don't think it's... I don't think the movie's benefiting by doing this necessarily, but I also haven't seen something like that in a long time. There's a movies, there are movies that do this, which I just mentioned, Battle of Algiers, which is a classic film that's been it's inspirational classic, to yeah. many, many filmmakers. And I can, it's hard to not think of that for me anyway, because I just I knew that movie. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I see what Rupert Wyatt's doing here. That's creative. I wish there was less messy and he had a better vision of how to make this as a whole. I'm curious if he shot like hours and hours and hours of this thing and edited it down to this, but it does feel that way. It to does, be right? Yeah. But Cause it, I mean, you're mm-hmm.
0: interested in some characters that I'm not talking about the main character. You are just interested, like, like we were talking about machine gun Kelly, like some of these relationships just go to the wayside right away. And I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that there's much more that he may have made, but to edit it down to like what, two hours and some change. Um, I
1: mean, it's it's under two hours. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I, it, un, unsurprising if there was more to this. Yeah, I'm and sure Ruper, there's And Rupert White, I mean, like, we... I, I love Don of the Planet of the Apes. Or is it mm-hmm. Rise? Rise. Rise of the Planet of the Apes. You know, I, I think that Rupert White has, like, a really good storytelling aesthetic that he has. He has a good, has. Has a good
1: visual style. I think yeah. he works well. And, I think, like, he did The Gambler with Mark Wahlberg, which is, like, forgettable. But at the same time, there's still... There's some visuals in that movie that sure. I don't remember, as far as, like, he knows John how Gibbon's to move the camera. A movie. John Goodman's in that movie, yes. Yeah. Um I will just before I forget this, I think the score is great in this movie. Rob Simonson's score in this movie I thought was actually pretty terrific. I think there's
0: There's some elements of it where I was thinking, like, Oh, I like this sci fi synth kind of thing. It's but doing I a thing that
1: I, I I liked. I, I not to the point where I'm like, I need to buy this. I bought one track, but at the yeah. same time I was like, This is pretty cool. Like I like again, it's just making choices that I think are kind of out there to me, which sure. I appreciated. I like the movie overall, but I do agree with a lot of what you're saying as far as you're getting thrown into a thing. I don't necessarily need, you know, expansive character development. I could see how that would Not play. I, I mean, see one how, of my favorite yeah.
0: characters is, like, the guy with the mustache. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, this guy is super cool, and I, I, have, I know nothing about him. Yeah. Except that they're on a mission, and he's doing whatever he can to to keep the mission alive.
1: And that's why that section works so well, because right. you you get a sense of who these specific people are, what task they're trying to accomplish, and it's all, like, in looks and glances. Yeah. And very little title. Again, I have to emphasize that, because I do think that section's so cool. Like, I think it's so, like, well done. It reminded me of um, Contagion, the Soderbergh movie. Interesting. Where, in what regard? In in terms of, like, you know, we, we watched it, and it has like, a you know, like we remember like Matt Damon as being like kind of the like Big a main character, but, he, yeah. but yeah, but he's not like, the movie doesn't have like a lead. It's not about him, yeah. And, and so instead you, you pivot to a lot of other characters and he, Soderbergh's really good at this, he does a lot of like visual storytelling, he does a lot of like, we're showing you this thing, then we're editing and cutting to this thing and this thing. Yeah, you, just, you get and, and if works. you haven't
0: seen, you know, something like Contagion, just imagine the last like you know, 10 minutes of Ocean's Eleven. That's exactly what Aaron's talking about. Good oh, like storytelling. Ocean Twelve,
1: especially. Like, this yeah, yeah. Life. But
0: I mean, you know, like the way that Soderbergh uses the camera, it's like uh-huh. he doesn't have to say anything. You just see what's on the screen. You know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Or you, it, you're piecing it together, and you're like, oh, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, and so there's stuff like that where i like, I wish this movie was more successful overall at what it was trying to do because I think it has some good stretches where it does everything it needs to without having to over-explain anything. Um, that's true, but mm-hmm. it, wouldn't you agree
0: that, you know, at – at a certain point, you're just like, you know, I wish that this was like a taken a seriously, taken miniseries. Yeah, I mean, I can't. Not, not that you need to know everything about what happened. No, yeah, first, I know what
1: you're saying. I'm saying, yeah, like, I, I would I love be...
0: to know, like, how these guys are, how this resistance is working, and I would love to know, kind of like, maybe even what happens like post John Goodman, um, uh, you know, uh, his hearing.
1: Yeah, so. I could. I would. I would say the the, the post of that like the the end of this movie leaves me thinking. Well, I would be curious to see where this goes next. Uh, the rest of it's like, yeah, I can see what you're saying. You, could, you can kind of delve into that more, and I think a clear a, a clearer movie or one that's better assembled could kind of give you that without feeling like you're just suddenly learning all all the backstories of every single character here. Yeah. But like, it does enough for me to be like, well, I like this. I don't. I don't quite a, I can't quite get behind it saying like it's a new classic or anything like that. But as far as something different that's a mainstream movie that wasn't, a, I mean, you could easily see this being sold to Netflix because of how non-mainstream it feels. Sure. So I, so I feel like I I feel like I'm pretty lucky that this actually made it to theaters, even if it's going to be a complete bomb and rejected by audiences. I'm still being like, well, yeah. at least Focus was like, yeah, let's try let's, this. Let's, let's try. See, it. Let's see who can yeah. do this. I I can appreciate that. More that can appreciate a paint by numbers, whatever. No, for movie sure. That somehow and
0: you know. know, watching this movie, I thought of a movie that we reviewed a long time ago, *The Signal*, right? Where it's oh like, yeah, it was, yeah, I thought of that, that is like ultra micro budget. I think mm-hmm. the writers had said that that was like a four million dollar budget, mm-hmm. right? And it looks tremendous, but um, you know, the ideas that they had there and going on, uh, it was a little bit of a tighter script. And a little bit of a tighter, like they they were able to narrow the the world view so much so uh, because they have to be taken on a spaceship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this one's like you know the entire United States is still there for you to to wonder what what happened to other these other cities, the other states. Uh, it's primarily focused in Chicago. Um, you know you have a resistance leader um, who is is you know famed in death, and there's just a whole lot that's going on here that it feels like the makeup of a lot of video games like those post-apocalyptic world video games where Uh you're a main character and then you have to play these side stories and then you get the full picture. Yeah. Um, And that's kind of what I, that's kind of what I took away from it.
1: Yeah. Well, I feel like we're, Largely on the same page as far as the things that we appreciate about this. Well, so you want to talk about the alien? I think you want to talk about the alien design. Yeah,
0: the creature design was really cool because you know it looked like it was just like combing its hair in the in the opening scene. Uh-huh. And then the more that you think about it, it's like, oh, this is uh, It's more like well, a porcupine. Th- <laughs> it's a porcupine, yeah, it's, it's got like a protective shell um, and, made
1: of like terribly spiky things.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's impossible for you to. I mean, the creature designs that I always think about are um, for aliens. Att- attack the block. Aliens, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and then also, um, even, uh, whatchamacallit, um, what's the Tom Cruise movie? Edge Lived I Repeat. Yeah, Edge, Edge of Tomorrow. Where I was like, these are really cool ideas that, you know, you do typically, whenever you think of an alien, you think of like maybe green guys in costumes, but.
1: They're grays and whatnot. Right.
0: But I like this one where, or even, you know, the creature design in uh, A Quiet Place was, was pretty decent too. But like what you're saying, it's, it's almost like cactus like. There's a scene yeah. where, where later. Uh, you know, during uh, an action sequence, you get to see more of the, the alien creature, and you think mm-hmm. to yourself, this is... That was... that was." I... Now I'm curious like, what the full-on creature design looks like. I'll, I'll okay. say this,
1: because well, I, I, I initially, when they showed you the alien right away at the beginning, I'm thinking, why are you showing it right away? It feels like I should have got a build-up. That said, because of you seeing what it does to the people at the beginning of the movie, it really increases the threat whenever they're present at the rest of the movie. Right. I'm thinking, I don't... I, I'm following characters that I ideally don't want to see killed, so I, I immediately identify with, like, get away from this, <laughs> because this yeah, thing is exactly. crazy how it destroys you. It so is crazy. I, I, I like so I, that So, so I can So I do, I do like that they actually did show me it right away, because I'm like, every time they're around, I can see why the threat is very apparent. Yeah, like, threat
0: level high. Um, yeah. And I would it, like to, and I'd say that the way they introduced it, at first I thought it might have been spider-ish looking things, like they crawled, but, you know, the more that you see it, it's, it's yeah. bipedal, and it's uh, like
1: it's like a porcupine group thing. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. And
0: and it can it can throw its arms and make them longer. Exactly, like a Groot style yeah. thing. Yeah. And then they even have like battle bots that yeah. I was like this is that, that's cool. That's yeah, this something is, I never read. Really kind really of seen nuts before. now. Yeah. <laughs> right where it's like, you know, you typically see aliens all in one form and mm-hmm. then when a battle bot comes down like I forget what they're called, like enforcers or what have you, but it's mm-hmm. it's just like, "Oh, wow." This is actually pretty... Uh, it's pretty cool the way that it enforces and, and kills some dudes. Um,
1: but, yeah, do you have a thousand creature design? I just I think it ranks up there with some of the more intriguing creature designs that I've seen lately. Because I think, like, Attack the Block is a good call. That's probably my favorite one, just because of how, like, how they even describe it, it's like it's black. Like it's so, it's black. so I mean, dark. It's the absence yeah. of color. like it, And the, the the teeth are so cool. Yeah. And few things are as cool as that reveal of the, that like they aren't eyes, that they are teeth in that movie. Like it's so neat. And then Ar- <laughs> Arrival is another one where like this is so, because it's so out there. Heptapods, yeah. The heptapods, yeah. It's such yeah. a cool, like, it's like, I don't even, and we don't even like know what all of it looks like. We know like there's like a hand thing that I guess I don't, know, how big like, it is. We don't know. We don't know what's at the end of it. Right.
0: <laughs> And I mean, you kind of see a little bit of it when she's dreaming about it, and it shows up in her room.
1: But yeah, but um, just out of fog, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it's, that was, it's that neat. was a spooky yeah. scene. It um, is, um, but, but I will yeah, say so, that so yeah, yeah this, ju- this joins the ranks as far as recent alien designs that I'm like really into.
0: Where it's kind of a cool alien design, and I'm glad that people are giving it more thought, and instead of just doing like exoskeleton type aliens uh, from more the, like the we- camp.
1: Or, we, got, or, we, got a, we got a lot of like JJ Abrams doing like Cloverfield and Star Trek and the other one that I can't think of. They all have like a relatively similar design. And right. I'm like, okay, like, yeah, the CG looks good, but it's like, okay, we're getting a lot of like weird fate. Oh, um what is it? Uh, Super 8. That's the other one. Um, I can the Monster
0: looks like. It looks a lot like Cloverfield and uh, okay. Star Trek. Got like, it, got got know, it.
1: They all have a similar true, design. True dad. <laughs> yes. um, and then I,
0: I will say, like, sort of as some closing thoughts, in terms of. A movie that was also it was a bit bigger budget, but District Nine is is also what came to mind, oh, for right? Sure. Yeah. Where alien invasion, where in this case it was only That, mean, one space that was trip. just
1: like a it landed yeah, it here. It was it like, it got like stuck. a crash landed
0: spaceship that got stuck.
1: Yeah.
0: Right, but you know you dealt with the the things that happened after it got stuck, yes. including like prostitution mm-hmm. and and whatever else and, and black market uh, arms trade exactly. Yeah, yeah. But what was cool about that is that you were also dropped into the middle of that one and you grew to really like Vickus – um, and you kind of cared for him toward the end of that movie. I mean, oh, for I
1: sure, like, I think the clever conceit of that is how it uses like a documentary style thing and then switches to just a regular, like, okay, now he's just on his own and yeah. he starts as like a horrible racist against these aliens. And then exactly, you, grow to, yeah. you grow to like, understand his plight, even while recognizing that he's still kind of a dick.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
1: And the action sequences
0: in there are tremendous. Oh so. yeah. Neil
1: Blomcat like as much as Neil Blomcat seemed to fall in from favor, like his action work is pretty, pretty strong, pretty like, right. you know pretty great <laughs> so
0: yeah so oh
1: uh, yeah that was uh captive state yeah well i would say dollar theater i i do think for a movie like this to be to even get to the big screen i'm like all right like i appreciated the things that happened here so i'd say dollar theater for it
0: yeah i think that it's um it's pretty much a it's almost like a netflix for me so I you.
1: yeah,
0: yeah.
1: you can check it out there all right well speaking of netflix let's move on to our next film which is triple frontier
2: First things first, any man here that wants to walk away can do so knowing they're the best of us. This has got to be now. There is no ground support.
0: The injuries we sustain,
2: we're walking out with. Make no mistake about it. You guys need to own the fact that we do not have the flag on our shoulders. You cannot go back to your normal life after tonight. Everything we've done for the last 17 years, with nothing to show for it.
1: You've been shot five times for your country, and you can't even afford to to send your kids to college. If we had accomplished half the things that we've accomplished in any other profession, we'd be set for life.
2: I'm your masters of war. The question is, do we finally get to use our skills for our own benefit? to get gabrielle martin over he's got over 75 million dollars in cash
0: if we're not gone forever after you make your move we are dead
1: that should have been some of the trailer for triple frontier jc chandor is back with an action thriller that heads down to some well-worn territory oscar isaac ben affleck charlie hunnam garrett Hedlund, and pedro pascal are a team of soldiers mostly out of the game who come back for a big score they plan to steal a lot of money from a south american drug lord Once the heist takes place, however, it becomes a struggle for the men to get back home. Abe, what do you think of this movie? Triple Frontier
0: is a Netflix movie and it should stay a Netflix movie. I think that it was fine on Netflix. It's actually one of those movies where you could probably just be doing something else while you're watching in the background. Primarily because the story is is a story that you've seen before. You know, ex-military guys, one last job. You know, the idea of it of uh, we served the country and this is all that I'm getting and look at you, you're a real estate agent now and you can't even afford this or that, or that. Come on, man, let, you deserve this. And then as it goes on, the themes change from like you know gung ho actionist into into metaphors of how your eyes are hungrier than your stomach, and also what things uh, happen whenever greed comes into play. And at that point, I was like, I think you guys are trying to be a little bit too serious with what came at what, what began as like a pretty okay. Action heist movie. Well,
1: oh, yeah, when you um, when you open a movie with the, from the bell tolls and then it becomes this kind of sturdy drama, it's like, what movie are we making? Yeah, now? exactly. So <laughs> at some points I was
0: like, am I watching some another like rendition of Heart of Darkness here well, or something? Because
1: like in the first like half hour, there's four different music cues, and I'm like, okay, I feel right. like I know what movie we're getting. Yeah. So it, again, the
0: the opening of it is pretty fun because it's like, hey. Uh I, all, I know all these ex-military guys. You see their background. It's weird seeing Charlie Hunnam and also um, – Garrett Hedlund. Garrett, exactly. I was like, wait, I'm getting just confused now. But uh, it's cool to see them together. And obviously the camaraderie is there. The movie moves a little bit quickly um, to get you in and out of – you know. instead of having barbecue and steaks with, with uh, beers in the backyard kind of thing, reminiscing, it's just like, hey, we got a job and we got to go pick up these guys. They're all in if you're in. And again, when you get to the compound, that's a pretty f- okay sequence. It's a, it's a fun, cool little sequence. And as you continue going through it, there's more like bravado talk. Like I can't, or one of the bravado talk things, I was like, I don't know why you guys wrote this because it's, it's unnecessary is when Ben Affleck is like, all right, you know, you, we don't have flags in our show. Those you guys can leave if you want to right now. It's like the movie is halfway through. <laughs> Nobody's leaving. Um, but
1: Again, as it goes on. Well, it's still on, setting up the characters at that point. Like they haven't actually got this out there. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it, it is something that you would probably say in the situation. It's like, okay, sure, we have, we have seems, everything here.
0: It just seems a little much of that at this point. But with all that being said, as the continue movie or the movie continues to move, uh you do get a sense of again, the metaphorical interpretation of what this movie is representing. I do like that they actually have some morality still at the end there um, when they were talking about what they're going to do to to get to the, uh, to their, their exit point. And I was like, that's, you know, that, that's an, uh, at least they they haven't lost all humanity kind of thing. Um, But obviously the way that it ends is very cliche as well, uh, including uh, what Charlie Hunnam gives to uh, uh, Oscar Isaac. But these actors, I mean, they're good actors. Uh, Charlie Hunnam kind of loses his accent here and there, but uh, I enjoyed seeing them on the screen. It did feel like a group of guys that didn't know each other, but the movies is just okay.
1: Well, so you say it's like a Netflix movie that like what that says to me is like this feels like a movie that's like that would be in the '90s, like a mid-budget movie that comes out and does okay. Like that's that's what that's ideally what I'd get from what Netflix is trying to do. It's not terrible. It's not bright. Like I think two thirds of this, I think two right. I, I think two thirds of this movie are very strong. I, I I think the end like kind of falls into some traps of repetitive stuff and themes that are kind of hit upon but aren't really explored further. I think there's a darker way to take this movie. That said, I do feel like there's a twist that not a twist. There's a thing that occurs and towards the end, or I didn't necessarily see coming, but I feel like it felt more like the script was made to be one way and then they're like, you know what? These guys are kinda jerks. We should do something about that. And then they like change something, if you know what I mean? You know what I'm yeah. talking about? So it so it's like and that that's talks that speaks to like the morality that you're quite that you're getting to as far as yeah, that is that's interesting. That's a neat like addition to the movie as far as that we're already stuck in a situation and now we've we've added. I've talked about this before, where there's like too much trouble sometimes in movies. Well, this feels like a situation. It's not about the trouble. It's about the kind of logistics of what's taking place right now. Sure. And we're in a situation that is difficult to get through. And we're making the best of it. And now something else has happened that kind of changed what we're, what we were initially set out to do. Yeah. And I can I can appreciate that. I just think the ending is very, kind of bland. Like. I, I I wouldn't necessarily say I needed like a giant shootout ending. No, not at all. I mean But at but at the same time, it just kind of like stops. Like it's just like, "All right, well, that was that was quite the weekend. <laughs> I'll see you next time, maybe?" <laughs> right. question mark and I'm walking <laughs> no, away. No, like, what no, should <laughs> had of that? Was like, what did these ask other wives or their girlfriends? Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of they're questions not, I had as far not as not what's like... next. What You know what? So, when I started thinking <laughs> about this movie as far as what it's tried to do, um, that kind of make me go along with it a little bit more, especially towards the middle. I'm thinking, okay, I like the other level that this is operating at, where it's Ben Affleck is playing a character who's out of like you know he's out of the military at this point. He's playing a real estate guy. And the life of like it just felt, it felt like there's this weird meta commentary about like the life of of a middle class man is so poor that the only thing he can do is rob a drug cartel to help save his family. It's like that's it's breaking that's, bad. Yeah. yeah, it is, and, but it's like wow that that's like, such
0: he's a, not Walter White, but he's like having a midlife crisis kind of thing. He he's like, is. good for
1: It's like yeah. my the the only the only choice I have right now is to rob a drug cartel. That's how bad things are for me, a regular middle class white man. Yeah, like, that's, and, that's
0: and his, I think that the themes of um, you know hey serving the military and then whatever else. Because Charlie Hunnam... He's, he's out there, he's just like, you know, you're gonna get a lot of offers from all these guys trying to get you, but, you know, stay true to your country, stay true to your flag.
1: Oh yeah, Charlie Adam has this thing going on. We, meanwhile, yeah, so you get to like, you get to know that, like, yeah,
0: Garrett Headland is like, you know, the, the youngest guy of the group, and he's kind of like, the craziest, you know?
1: And, and Pascal's kind of right there with him, he's trying to hold him back, essentially. He's like, alright, you know, I, I kind of manage you at this point. Yeah, so he's, keep, like keep dad you, he's like an extra dad character, and yeah. so, I again, the way, that, the way that
0: I wanted to frame it before we started recording, I was like, it's a fun story about how how five friends, six friends, five friends learn that, you know, money is no no uh, object when friendship
1: is at stake. Well yeah, uh, it's it's a movie about how like if you're middle class, you need to rob drug cartels to survive, and about a weekend parting of your buddies. Like it's the it's the town. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs>
0: <laughs> So feel something, feel alive, and then
1: get out of the game. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, yeah, it's Bodhi in point break. That's what it is.
0: That's um, if it had the echo savior thing, it would have been uh, on the same level, but not as fun
1: as the new remake of Point Break. Yeah, there's, which
0: yeah. Oscar Isaac is in.
1: He's not in the remake of Point Break.
0: Is he? No, is he not, not? I, not okay. Oscar
1: Isaac. No. Um, what's his name? <sighs> Did that? You know, <laughs> that guy. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> Are you talking about? Um, uh, which one? We call it? Oh
1: my God, I can think of all the movies he's in too.
0: No, I'm not talking about the guy who t- who plays the new Keanu. Oh.
1: No, the guy that plays the new Bodie. Uh-huh. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. Who is that guy? No, oh. it's um. God, oh, a... hold on. We're we're thinking about it hard. And Edgar it's... Ramirez. That's Edgar. Right. Thank you. Yes, it's yeah. the other. Because
1: like, it's not Olivier Martinez. It's Edgar Ramirez. It's there right.
0: <laughs> the other counterintelligence guy. Yeah. Who I always see in movies.
1: Yeah, he's no. Yeah, he's in Born Ultimatum. Oscar Isaac is in The Born Legacy. <laughs> so... <Yeah.
0: laughs> Both part of Treadstone.
1: Yeah, they are both—they're all treadstone. That yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's...
0: yeah. But um, I, I, again, what you were talking about with the themes, I think that if they continued with the theme of just unraveling and and yeah,
1: yeah, they yeah, needed more of that's that. What I,
0: that's what that's. I I agree with you. I said that earlier. I was like, the ending is very cliche. But if they had continued with that, I was like, that would have been a great. It would have been almost like a a, a thriller at that point. Like well, a if it, if thriller. it
1: kept going with that, because yeah, it's trying to it's being it's like Three Kings and Treasure of the Sierra Madre with no humor and no, like, and no Bogart. Like, Ben Affleck's, he goes, Bogart goes crazy in that movie. I love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies. But, like, (laughs) they're all trying to get gold, and Bogart becomes more unhinged as the movie goes on. And you start to get that with Ben Affleck's character, who's like, yeah, there's money, and we got this money, but we can get more money. we need more. We need need more. Look at how much money there is. We can get all this money. Yeah, and... And, uh, But it doesn't, like, go with that further. And when it does, it kind of comes out of nowhere. You have, like, Charlie Hunnam and Gary Headland." You know, surprisingly, two different people. They're, they're, they're. <laughs> at one point, they're joking, and like the next day, they're like fighting each other about donkeys on the side yeah. of a mountain. And it's like, yeah. where did this come from? Like, you guys were cool the day before.
0: Yeah, so it, so it, it's, interesting. it just feels like
1: there's some shortcuts taken and trying to get us to certain places. Well, especially I
0: say, yeah, I, I think that there's actually like a few lines of dialogue where I thought, oh, I like where this is going. Mm-hmm. Where they drop off uh, a couple of people at the border of Peru, and I was like. I like where this dialogue is going, and I kind of like what's happening here, because I think mm-hmm. uh, it could be intriguing, but it never fulfills it.
1: The uh, The movie's written by Mark Bull and J.C. Chandor. They're really? A little, yeah, but Mark Bull and then him and uh, Bigelow uh, executive produced the film. And you can you can see where Bigelow or a different director probably could have taken this, I think, if it was oh, more sure. realized. Yeah. Uh, it feels like my best example would be Wind River. Um, where you have um, Taylor Sheridan write- directing and writing on his own, as opposed to Hell or High Water or Sicario, where you have like directors of true visions of how this strip could. Like, you know what's weird work? about
0: right when you mentioned Hell or High Water, that's uh, a movie I thought about during a shootout sequence. Uh huh. I was like, man, there was so much more emotional impact, even though I hardly knew somebody in Hell or High Water, mm-hmm. um, than there was in this sequence in in a cap- or I'm sorry in um Triple Frontier, mm-hmm. uh, and I was like. Yeah, this is what happens. when You don't do character development.
1: Well, yeah, and there's not much, there's not much action. In it. It's not really an action movie. There's it's, yeah. a, it's a it's a it's a heist thriller more than anything. Right. But I but I do like J.C. Chandler because I did all his and He did the, the most violent year, which is one of my favorite movies of recent years. I mean, also,
0: also Oscar Isaac.
1: Also Oscar, and he's great in that movie. I don't. I think he's good here. Like I don't think anyone's bad in this yeah, cast. I, I, think I, I think there's it. a there's a lack of characterization, but I don't think you. Much like Captive State, I don't think it's requiring that. You get a sense of who these guys are. But, yeah, you're not, like, deeply compelled by them either. Um, and poor Oscar Isaac, all I think kept thinking about was his knees are going to be terrible after running up all those stairs at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> that,
0: that looks so exhausting. It did. It looked like
1: – and he's, like, wearing probably, like, 20 pounds of gear also. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, Jesus, God. No wonder his hair is all salt and pepper. In and those, yeah, like, like, those steps are,
0: like, vertical. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> um, but no, So I was going to say, yeah, so Mark Bull was the writer of this, and I feel like, yeah, if he, if there was another if there was a deeper collaboration as opposed to just, I'm kind of putting this together, and I guess is going to do this. Um, which, uh, good on him, but, you know, whatever. Sure. Uh, that said, I want to point out some of the people that were attached to the star of this movie at some point, because it's been around since 2010. and it feels I, like, I know it feels, that. It, feel, it feels like a movie that's been kind of shopped around before it finally got made, uh-huh. uh, because it was going to be directed by Bigelow at one point, but then that didn't happen. Uh, but you had, originally... I'm just going to read a bunch of names. Tom okay. Hanks, Johnny Depp. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Interesting. And I can't I can I can't see Hanks, but I can see Depp. Okay. Yeah, H- Hanks is like, what? Uh, yeah. Denzel Washington. Oh. Uh, Will Smith. Oh. Channing Tatum. Okay. Tom Hardy. Okay. Casey Affleck. Okay. And Mahershala Ali. Whoa. These not, are not, all, not, 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 not all of them together, but like one right. or two of those At combinations throughout point, the years. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. At a certain point, as like, and then what's weird is like, since you said it's been around since 2010, I was like, all these actors have gone on to do something similar. <laughs> so like, Casey Affleck has gone on to do like triple triple nine.
1: Yeah, the, the Hanks one is the most intriguing to me. Maybe <laughs> like, that's such a like.
0: Phillips instead.
1: <laughs> it's 2010, so it's a few years. I'm trying to think, what's he doing in 2010? Like, that's around, yeah, like, Charlie he Wilson's war? Story, that... Yeah, he
0: finished Toy Story 2. And, uh... the
1: 10, So that's, yeah, Toy Story, Toy Story 3, sure.
0: But still, yeah, I don't know what's going Maybe they're just like, if you bulk up for this, you're going to win an Academy Award.
1: I, I'm so, I'm trying to, th- what's it, 2010? Yeah, he has Toy Story 3. He's producing The Pacific. He has Larry Crown in 2011, which is a bomb. the bomb. The worst fucking movie. Um, Jeez. <laughs> 2009, he has Angels and Demons.
0: So he's in he's in that he's in the the trilogy phase.
1: Yeah, he's in that phase. But yeah, there's nothing here that's like I'm trying like he he would have had to get into like some serious shape
0: to be like in this movie. Yeah, exactly. Which is like again, uh, I'm sure that he'd be down to do it, but.
1: He's Again, all those ex-
0: extras that you <laughs> named, I was like, I can see Channing Tatum doing this. I can see T- I mean, Tatum. Yeah, that seems obvious. Tom Tatum, Hardy seems Tatum obvious. Tatum's
1: actually the Garrett Hedlund character. Uh, Tom Hardy, Ollie's, is, Ollie's, Yeah, yeah all, Hardy's like the Pedro Pascal character or something. Or, yeah, and then yeah, exactly. And then uh, Tom Ollie's R- one of the other. Yeah, like Charlie Hunnam, Oscar Isaac character. Yeah. Yeah. So, Will, Will Will Smith would be like Ben Affleck or Oscar. He's Isaac, the Ben probably. Affleck. Yeah. And uh, same with like Johnny Depp, and same with. Uh, um, Denzel would obviously yeah. be. Marshall Ali though, if he was attached to this, I'd I'd be all for it. I mean, yeah, there's. A, I mean, I would not be all for any of these. But even the cast, the cast they have. The cast really they have good. now is fantastic. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's again. You, I was surprised that it was Oscar Netflix. Isaac when, and I, Pedro Pascal. when I saw that J-, J C Chandor had a new movie and it starred these people, was like, oh, that looks cool. And I'm like, it's a Netflix movie. That's surprising. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. It was going to be a Paramount movie. It Was dropped by Paramount and then it became a Netflix movie.
0: Mm, um, so it, they this they little prince it, huh?
1: yes exactly exactly <laughs> that's
0: a t-shirt <laughs> mm-hmm. uh
1: they, they annihilationed it overseas um, domestically this time uh, but yeah so i i don't think we have much more to say i, I mean because again i do i overall i like this movie i think it starts better than it ends um, and the, the cast is good um, it just, yeah, it it just kind of loses track of what it's trying to go for because it has so many ideas it could go for that it doesn't really grasp onto.
0: Especially at one point where they ask a question of how late are we, and the guy says five days, uh-huh. and you're thinking to yourself, that's been five days. It's like I mean, what do you buy, guys it. eat? You know, you I guys look exactly that. the same. I, I bought that it was five days. I bought that. I, I, bought no, that I, I get way that. Over I get the time. I get the time allowance part. Was just like, it doesn't really seem like there's been that much of a struggle here, guys.
1: It's not the Hunger Games; they're adult men that have done this for all the time. Like, <laughs> like I'm sure they can deal with I, this.
0: I think that the the first, uh, yeah, maybe like the first third of it is is intriguing. Um, and the well, rest, I like of...
1: the heist itself when it happens. Like, I like yeah, the setup the of third, this. I
0: like the first
1: half. I mean, the, I said... the heist the heist happens at the hour mark of the movie.
0: Okay, yeah. yeah. So the first half of it is intriguing. And the rest of it is like mm, could have gone in a different direction. I'm, I'm just. I, okay.
1: I was going to say, I do like the look of the heist, though, because it's like there's this house you, with money in it. Like, no, no, That's no, for really, sure. that's really I mean, neat the, to me.
0: The, especially the way that they, they canvas it and the way that they mm-hmm. execute their plan or build their plan and then execute it. I was like, this is pretty cool. And, again, there's there's a nagging question that Oscar Isaac has to find out in that house. Mm-hmm. And even to me, I was like, yeah, I need to know what's going to happen, or I need to know that the answer to that question, too. Yeah, uh, and they solved and it. <laughs> they solved it, and I was like, that was, like, that was cool. Yeah, that was neat. <laughs>
1: yeah. And the movie I think it looks, I mean for Hawaii posing as South America I think oh, it looks really see, good. Okay, yes yeah, it's first Hawaii. Time. It's very much Hawaii. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they were on vacation. <laughs> yeah. But I do, I do think the movie looks really good. Like it's a well it's a well this is why I'm saying like this would be perfectly fine for like a 90s movie in theaters that's made for a low like a middle budget. You don't like get that anymore. That's kind of this is on... What? Like a cliffhanger kind of movie? Like yeah, cliffhanger or you know, like generic Antoine Fuqua movies, like Tears of the Sun or something like that. Like, you know, a movie that you're like, oh, I'll never watch that again, but it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Dude,
0: who's the guy from uh, from uh, who's the guy from Good Will Hunting and um, friggin' Tears of the Sun? No, <laughs> Cole Hauser. I know you're Cole talking, Hauser. I was like Cole Hauser, just can't kind of break in any of the moves that he's in.
1: (laughs) Cole Hauser, he he's he was the backup for one of these parts. I guarantee it. (laughs) I guarantee you (laughs) do. I mean, it, it has been Affleck. It has been Affleck, so it's always it's just a phone call away at that. It's
0: point. Charlie Hunnam character because Charlie Hunnam is like the most like logical person in this movie. <laughs> he's the most level-headed. That's what Cole Hauser. Yeah, plays. Sam
1: Worthington was on speed dial for this one also. Damn, what happened to Sam? He's doing direct, to, direct Well, he no, he's he's busy filming all of the Avatar sequels. That's what he's doing. Okay, he's, he's, he's busy it. having millions from the first Avatar and making the next Avatar. <laughs> yeah, a, no one has to worry I about sure, Sam
0: Worthington. I see it, an actual release date. There is an actual release date. I would tell you, there is not a release next date. Next year,
1: next December.
0: Is that confirmed? Yes. Avatar 2 release date. It's December, December 18, 2020. Yeah. Okay. and then, then the second...
1: Then 3 is 2021, then there's like a gap, and then 2022 and 23 is when like 4 and 5 are supposed to come.
0: I'll up. leave it when we get to December 17th.
1: I mean, you'll see trailers by that point. <laughs> if
0: I see the trailers, okay, we're cool, but... <laughs> There's been release dates and there's been whatever else. Yeah,
1: at this point though, it's like he's actually he's actually they've actually filmed all this stuff. Now he's just doing all the effects work at this point. Like it's gonna <laughs> it's coming.
0: <laughs> Funny.
1: <laughs> Anything else on uh, Triple Frontier?
0: Uh, it's fine on Netflix.
1: Okay. Oh, uh, I I would I I did want to watch this movie and I did watch this movie and I'm like, yeah, that works for me. Like it's fine. <laughs> um. So yeah, there you go. All right, let's move on. Uh, let's move on to get some get some out now feedback.
0: Feedback, feedback,
1: feedback. This is where we go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash podcast. We go over the number of questions that we ask the listeners, and they they give us some questions that we could answer.
0: Indeed. And the first question is, <clears throat> what are the most interesting alien designs in film, particularly in recent years? Something that we answered when we were talking about a captive state, but Chris has... Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Xenomorphs, and Prawns. Prawns are from District 9. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philip has uh Jayla in Star Trek Beyond. Uh, that's the the giant head one that was nominated for an Oscar. Uh,
1: but lost to Suicide Squad, as we famously remember.
0: Correct, yes. Uh, Nguyen has Annihilation and, and Arrival. Rachel has a terrible movie, but I kind of like the design of the aliens in Chicken Little. I never saw that animated movie. But... And I never will. Okay. I was going to ask you, do you know what she's
1: talking about? Nope. Okay.
0: Rachel, we believe you. Uh, Justin, I believe asked...
1: there's. She like put a picture of the alien. It's like a okay. big weird looking thing.
0: I'll have to go check that one out. Uh, Justin has uh, had to add a caveat. Uh, Venom is pretty cool, but still alien. The Abyss, Predator, and Independence Day. I'll toss Mars Attacks in there as well as my favorite.
1: Yeah, we uh, we <laughs> talked about this earlier, but yeah, Attack the Block certainly comes to mind for me. Yeah. Next question we have here is favorite film set in Chicago. Uh, Chris has, I have to go to, I have to go old school, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Yeah. Philip has Road to Perdition. Joe has High Fidelity, Bruce, Blues Brothers, Blaine's World, and Stir of Echoes. Stir of Echoes, shout out. Okay.
0: That's a good movie.
1: It is a good movie. He's like, that's a random that's one. A spooky it? Movie. it is. Yeah. Um, uh, Todd writes, I was born and raised in the Chicago area. The quintessential Chicago film for me is Blues Brothers. I'd also include Ferris Bueller's Day Off, The Untouchables, High Fidelity, The Fugitive, Eight Men Out, and Running Scared. Oh, yeah. And Stephen Wright's Child's Play and Candyman.
0: I like how he had a double feature of horror there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everyone chose the wrong answer. It's actually Fred Claus.
1: That's set in Chicago? Yeah.
0: His, uh, Rachel Weiss is a Chicago ticket police officer.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: It's weird that she's in that movie.
1: <laughs> it's weird that you so remember Fred Claus.
0: <laughs> it's a funny movie. <laughs> The next question is, uh, what are your favorite John Goodman characters? Dennis says um, King Ralph. With a laugh, uh, that's a great movie cover, by the way. I love that. I love seeing that in a blockbuster and Hollywood video back in the day. It's certainly a movie. Yeah, Todd has. I could just say any of his Coen Brother characters. So to be original, I'll mention his role as the coach in Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> Philip has Pops in Speed Racer. Is up there for me, and Milius in The Big Lebowski.
1: Did I pronounce that right? Milius? It should just be Walter. (laughs)
0: I'm going to say Walter.
1: Walter, sure. Maybe his his phone autocorrected or something. Yeah,
0: it could have been. Chris has Coen Brothers for sure, as well as Cloverfield Lane, so I have to pick Santa and SpongeBob. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Chris. Uh, Mike has Big Lebowski for sure. Also love 10 Cloverfield Lane. Jeffrey has lots uh, lots of options, as I like him in typically everything he does. I will say this, his final closing monologue in Red State is still his finest acting yet in my book. David has his absolutely scene-stealing stint is the interim president of the West Wing, which is exactly what I was gonna bring up, David.
1: So thank you. Um, I mean, yeah, Walter's a pretty classic character. I I always brother characters, as Mike mentioned, are or as Chris mentioned, are uh, you know special for that reason. Um, but I do think his Barton Fink character is a lot of fun too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next question we have here: Who are your favorite rappers turned actors? What films? as a highlight uh tyler writes shack and kazam but in all seriousness eminem and eight mile okay philip has most Deaf, especially in be kind rewind and the woodsman hmm. chris has ice cube boys in the hood straight out of compton uh what <laughs> okay. he's a producer on straight out of compton <laughs> okay but his Fair son enough. was in it his son was in it as him uh jeffrey has mark Wahlberg, and probably the best rapper turned actor in my opinion is will smith i'd probably mm-hmm. rank ali as his best performance Alan has Ice Cube. Todd has Queen Latifah, with her roles in musicals like Chicago and Hairspray as standouts. Justin has Wahlberg, Eminem, Will Smith, in Common, and Mike has Ice T. Wow,
0: that's a lot of rappers turned actors.
1: There's more.
0: Yeah, there's tons more as well. Um, I mean, it's he,
1: hard to look—it's hard to look past Will Smith as far that's as a, that's a like, solid successful answer.
0: career. I mean, yeah, but I also like, shout out Queen Latifah was also a great answer from Todd. I mean, she's also yeah. had quite a tremendous career, and and you know her role in. Um, Man, waiting to excel. Not waiting to excel. What's the movie where she's uh Bank robbing? Set it off. Set it off, yeah. F Gary Gray. Yeah. That's a that's a terrific movie too. So. It is. Um yeah, Queen Latifah, a strong rap game. If you listen that's to her it. early albums, man, she is spitting hot fire about like life and a lot of things uh that are true to her, but Queen Latifah, yeah, it, people people think of her as, like a really cool like t- TV show host and all around great person, and she is all those things, but also a tremendous rapper. Listen to her early 90s stuff.
1: Set it off in Widows would be a good double feature. Um, that would be a great double feature. Let's yeah. see. You know, Tupac didn't have too many things, but he is very compelling he's, as an actor. Yeah. You know, I like mean, juice he, and uh, poetic justice, gridlock. Like, yeah. there's he's, he's he he obviously he died so early, so it's you know, which is like sad for various reasons or what have you, but like he had a he had a, a promising career in that realm because he had a you get yeah, a good yeah. screen presence. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. I think Andre 3000's done a number of roles that I actually really like. I he, think he did you know, the biopic. Um, yeah, he did the Jimi Hendrix biopic, Jimi which, Hendrix. Is, which is fine. But like he's also he's, Four Brothers, Four Brothers, which we both love, which, which um, is a
0: recurring <laughs> thing on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I watched it. I think I told you I watched it a little while ago. Uh
0: no, but it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I watched it
1: a few weeks back. And I'm like, this movie's so fun. Aaron <laughs> Headland's
0: also in that movie.
1: Aaron <laughs> in that movie. Yeah,
0: sad, sad fate for him.
1: <laughs> uh, do we call Donald Glover a rapper turned actor? Because I think he was acting. For, I don't think. Seems well, like been... he's
0: been doing everything all simultaneously, so yeah. I, I think you could include him in it because he's he's pretty in solid
1: com- in that conversation. Yeah. Because well, it's not like he was, like, rapping a bunch and then became and an then actor. And then became an actor, yeah, right, so. yeah. It's, again, he's... Like, he wasn't rapping in, like, a mainstream way that we all knew about, and then was like, you know what? I'm going to act now. Like, I yeah, think it's yeah. more I mean, like, like even
0: was... Even, like, his, his uh, moniker, like, Childish Gambino, I mean, again, it's, it's not... To me, it's, it's all these things that he wants to do all simultaneously, yeah, so...
1: Yeah, well, because he had those, like... He had mixtapes of those coming out while he was, like, a writer on 30 Rock and then got <laughs> a community. Like, yeah. So, it's like, he I guess he was doing rapping, but at the same time... Doing rapping. But at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing a
0: tennis. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah, there's a lot of great answers here for uh, rappers certain actors. Uh and like,
1: Eminem is like, he has the best, like, I've done this once, proved everyone wrong, and now I'm never going to do it again kind of stance on this, apparently. Because he's like, he's only done one, like, dramatic role. Everything else has been, like, cameos or whatever. And he's a funny guy. Like, he pops up at what, like, the interview or the... The other the other the funny people, and he, like he and he also a, has
0: like funny skits whenever he's on late night stuff. You know? Yeah, like
1: he's but, a well, he has a good like he has a funny personality presence, But like yeah. as far as like him like acting in a movie like Eight Mile, he is very good in that movie. But he's I mean, also, like, he dropped uh, the mic
0: on that one. He literally like did his life story, and he's like, "This is all that I that so I, I need. That's all I
1: got to do." Like <laughs> yeah. he's just like he's just like kind of stuck by since then.
0: <laughs> uh, other people that we t- that we may have missed: LL Cool J, uh, Fifty Cent, Ludacris,
1: Chris <laughs> Bridges, uh, yeah, Chris Bridges, uh, Hacker.
0: <laughs> Mark Wahlberg if you want to count him in there we talked
1: Mar- yeah, Mark yeah but Mark Wahlberg was mentioned on the yeah. Uh
0: Snoop Dogg DMX Cradle of the Grave uh, T.I. Method Man uh, T.I.'s fun in those Ant-Man
1: movies and uh... I think he's been in like a few other like oh, yeah yeah he was in like well he's in um, American Gangster of Denzel he's got a scene in there with uh, him he's, yeah he's he's the uh, he's the informant guy <laughs> he's not the informant no he's like his like cousin or something like that oh. he, like, he like quits college because he wants to be like him <laughs> There you go. is like one of the informants in that movie. Rizza?
0: That's a great uh-huh. call out too.
1: Yeah. Uh, TI, but he's in like ATL and He's something. in ATL,
0: which is actually yeah. a fun movie. You should yeah. check it out. Nunu is super hot in that movie. <laughs> anyway. Uh, next question, favorite men or women in a, on a mission movie? Uh, Jim Dietz has The Dirty Dozen, The Great Escape, and The Guns of the Navarone? Richard has, I was about to answer and saw Jim Dietz answer the same. I was going to say uh, the same things. So I have to say, um, so.
1: He's just referring to Jim's comments. <laughs>
0: yeah, so I'll save time and type in the answer and just like you refer to Jim's comments. So Richard has The Dirty Dozen, The Great Escape, and The Guns of Navarone. Night Philip has Black Hawk Down, and We Were Soldiers. Chris says, I have to concur what Jim has said. Uh, he mentioned some bangers. I would like to add in Glorious Bastards. Gary has, Jerry? Gary? Gary has Predator jason jerry. has it's a jerry it's yes. a, okay um jason has hidden gem let's get Harry. todd has the blues brothers they were on a mission from god i'll also mention the great escape the magnificent seven and a recent rediscovery and a recent discovery we discussed on my podcast dark of the sun alan has the rock days of confused because you see the mission is that the house party got canceled and to find another way to party on the last year of school and start and to start the summer it's a classic. Mike has aliens. Justin has all choices are so far so good. I would also add Kong Skull Island, Congo, Tropic Thunder, and my personal favorite Black Hawk Down. I think Moana may fit in this realm as well. And lastly, Eric has Jaws, Ghostbusters, and Lord of the Rings.
1: I, I, I want th- to go back to Alan's answer for a second because it feels confused? like he's confused. It feels like he just like searched a GIF. Got that and was like, oh sure, whatever, and then came up with an answer later. Prove me wrong, Alan. <laughs> I mean, this is how uh, this is how writing works, right? Okay. Prove me wrong, Alan. You build around something that you know. Okay. Um, I mean, Dirty Dozen is a pretty classic one. Seven Samurai would be my go-to answer mm-hmm. on this question, um, because it's amazing. And yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of good movies where they're on a mission kind of thing. Jaws is a good call too, because the second half of that movie is just men on a mission.
0: Yeah, man, the way that that guy dies—like, so what's his name? Squint. Quint. Squint. Yeah. <laughs> the guy from The Sandlot. The way that Quint yeah, died. I
1: mean, The way Squint's Pomoderas dies in The Sandlot is pretty
0: epic. <laughs> Wendy purplecorn is so sad. <laughs> That's
1: anyway. the darker ending of Sandlot that ends 75 minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite film set in South America? Philip writes City of God, which is the right it's answer. Nice. Um, Scott <laughs> writes Agura, Gra- Wrath of God, the Herzog film. Todd has Romancing the Stone, Bananas, and The Emperor's New Groove. Uh, Chris writes, Terrified. Justin writes, Wasn't up in South America? If so, then up. Yes, it sure was. it is. Yeah. And Renee has Fast Five.
0: There you go. I mean, Ooh. City of
1: God would be my City answer. City God either, is... Because
0: it's one of my is, favorite movies uh, of all time.
1: So, yeah.
0: Talk, talk, you talked about um, the Chinese movie spanning from 2001, to 2000, 2017. I mean, that movie, uh-huh. City of God, also spans from, like... Like whatever they start out like nine, 9 today. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's like so ten
1: like, years uh, in that yeah, movie. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's also great, yeah.
0: An epic movie. God, I haven't watched that in a while too. I wanna watch that right I, now. I I don't like re watching some parts of it.
1: <laughs> so. It's can give me rough, yeah. But he also have... well, he has a bad ending in that movie, so <laughs> never mind. <laughs> yeah.
0: So uh favorite films involving an amusement park. Philip has the sandlot, Scott has the third man, the Ferris Wheel scene is magical.
1: Great answer. That's,
0: Maxwell has Adventureland, Jurassic Park, and the Florida Project. Chris has Lost Boys, National Olympics Vacation. Mike has Jurassic World, and lastly Justin has Jurassic Park is my favorite all time. But Sandlot, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Vacation are also on my list.
1: I like how I didn't think of Jurassic Park when asking a question about amusement parks. That's a perfectly good answer. <laughs> I yeah, just like, it's, I didn't think of, it's... you know, technically I'd say Jurassic World is more involving the amusement park itself.
0: Yeah, it's... but Jurassic Park was like, you know, it was, it was the prototype before they were going to open it.
1: Yeah, sure, I'm just saying, Mike seems to be on the right track, that's all. <laughs> but, um, uh, um, other amusement, the third man is a great reference because, yeah, there's a whole sequence in or- with Orson horse and, um... God, I'm doing terrible with names today. Joseph Cotton, um... In an amusement park, and it's very f- ominous and threatening. Um, other amusement park scenes, like Be- Beverly Hills Cop Three, obviously. Um, <laughs> everyone's favorite uh, that trilogy.
0: Um, uh, you get add goosebumps to that if you wanted to.
1: Goosebumps, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. They sit on the Ferris wheel.
1: Yeah, it's an abandoned amusement park, in that. Way. Yeah. Is it abandoned or is it just there? Is just closed. It,
0: it's it, it's it is abandoned. It's like secret tucked okay. away. And That's about I thought. was trying to think
1: of it. Yeah, just like the Dark Tower. You know, is the that dark true? Tower. That, did, did you did you see the Dark Tower? Elba's movie? Yeah. No, I didn't see that movie. You didn't see it. I had to suffer it alone. Yes. Um, yeah. There's a part where there's like an abandoned amusement park and there's like monsters and shit. It's it's terrible. You know, it's
0: also a movie that nobody has made, which I think was actually a really fun book. Is another R.L. sign book. But it's called The Beast. Uh, it's it's where this kid goes into an amusement park and the the ride is haunted.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. There's a. Um... There's an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode where, like, a kid goes in, there's a clown, and he steals the nose off the clown, and the clown's haunting him. I don't like that at all. <laughs> That's great, because he steals the red nose, and then everywhere he goes, like, the clown's, like, haunting him. Nobody himself, like... send me a
0: link to any videos.
1: It's actually really Okay, S- send scary clown videos of that Are You Afraid <laughs> no. of the Dark episode to Abe immediately, by the way. <laughs> That's the one that I really remember, though, as far as Are You Afraid of the Dark. Okay. Um, I just had one. Now it's gone. Amuse no, parks? no, What? amusement parks come on yeah. adventure land is a good movie maxwell had a good choice there that's yeah that,
0: that's one that i rewatch from time to time i like the i like that movie
1: yeah it's a fun like hey you can just sit down and watch this kind of movie. yeah good music
0: <laughs> like a, yeah, good soundtrack
1: yeah it's a good 80s soundtrack of alternative rock It's good. exactly stuff. satellite of love um <laughs> What is that? Oh, I just had a good one. <laughs>
0: the uh, park movies animated or live action,
1: live action. Cause yeah. Baby's kids is great too. Um, let's see. <laughs> <where the> animated <laughs> <movies go. laughs> uh,
0: live action.
1: Oh no, I just City had Slick.
0: it. City slickers. City slickers. I mean, to be fair, they, they're rattling cattle. That could be a music. It,
1: it's gone. I'll think of it later. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll text you and never talk about this again on the show <laughs> and everybody will be very frustrated. Uh, let's get to our question. This one's from Justin. He asks, I had a discussion with a work colleague on Friday. He loves as well as wants to make movies. We were talking about awards like the Oscars. Do you think movies should be nominated because it has more women or people of color or ethnicity? Or should the movie be just be good even if they put people in the movie they that really shouldn't just go to sell tickets? I feel like I get what this is saying. Mm-hmm. His thought was he doesn't care as long as the movie was good and well-made, which I agree with. So he's asking should... Movies that are up for awards, should they be nominated just because they're good or 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 because they're putting in more women, more people of of color, whatnot? Uh, This is it. I I like this question. Um, Who who submitted this question, by the way? This is from Justin. Yeah, I the, the question here is basically like addressing like the idea of should movies be nominated just because they have these things working for them? given where we are as, like, a culture at this point, which I don't think should be the case to begin with, but that's where we are. Um, I think the greater point to kind of tackle with this is not that movies like this should be nominated because they have a female director or because they have women or people of color in them. It's that the you, the the chance needs to be given to these movies to begin with, which isn't how it works. Uh, and I'll speak to this by way of Vice. Vice is a movie, regardless of thoughts on the movie. Mm-hmm. Hey, did you see Vice? I forget. Not yet. Okay, Vice is a movie where it was, it's a movie that's directed by by um, Adam McKay, has stars Christian Bale, it's about Dick Cheney. That's all everyone knew about that two months, up to two months before it became, up to, up to a month and a half before it actually got seen by anybody before it came out. And the, just because of those things, just because it was this guy that directed the big short, won an Oscar for it, stars Christian Bale, you know, an esteemed actor it was already considered an Oscar nominee. Nobody's seen the movie, but that's just where it was just because it's about the, about an important figure in history, quote-unquote important figure in history, and it starred an actor and a director who have won awards. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem right there with this whole thing. The narrative becomes this should be nominated because it exists to begin with, not because you've seen it and you know it should be nominated, just because that's the kind of thing that we nominate. You can't make these kind of changes if that's the kind of perspective you continue to have about these things. You can't nominate movies like *Moonlight* if nobody actually, you know, if if it's not given the chance to be seen. Obviously, that's an exception because that was seen. Where movies like Blind Spotting, for example, which got nothing, which Abe right. are big fans of, which could easily have gotten like a screenplay nomination if there was a campaign behind it to you know push it forward to the, more than that. I mean, but I'm just thinking realistically, screenplay would probably be its best bet. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but Abe, hey, do, do you hear what I'm saying? Do you, do you get what i Yeah, I'm... I hear what you're saying. And
0: my answer to this is the latter half of it, which is if a movie is good, it should be nominated. And unfortunately, this year during the Oscars. I voiced my opinion. I was like, I just don't really like some of these movies that are nominated uh, in some of these categories. And so I think there were strong, there were stronger films out there, um, which is why you have other award shows. Unfortunately, the Oscars just hold such a, a high, uh, I guess. Clout. Yeah, it just has much more clout than the independent film Spirit Awards or like the DAG or the SAG or like the the, uh, the WAG. Um, <laughs> I know <ads laughs> acronyms. But
1: um, yeah, because the G's always in the middle on most of these. The Guild, Guild, Guild awards. Not yeah, the awards Guild. Awards Guild.
0: Yeah, <laughs> AG stuff. Yeah. So all that stuff being said, um, I will say that um, sometimes it's not always fair. And do I do I think that things should be nominated just because there are more women or more people of color? Not necessarily. I mean, it still has to be like, it still has to be a, a good movie. And, and Black Panther was a phenomenal movie, and it was like a groundbreaking thing just to go with that. But I think the larger thing that, and this has been said in multiple outlets before, is just that if you give people of color a chance or you give more women a chance in terms of directing and and making the films that they want to make, then you'll get more variety just as these films are being made, you know,
1: as as they're being put in the can. And that's why I'm going one step further and saying, like, those movies exist. They were out there last yeah, year. They, you they can watch, like, yeah. Leave No Trace is a fantastic movie directed, directed by, like by Granite. Yeah, and also did, uh, Winter's Bone, where right. you have, like, you were, you were Never, Never Really Never Here, Here, which is on your top-down exactly. list, yeah. which is better directed, held up a lot better directed than Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. <laughs> let alone better edited.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to say that my friend asked me what I thought about the Oscars just this past weekend, and, and I was like, what's weird is that they showed uh, Rami Malek... They show the lip syncing sequence for him, and they typically show, like, a great acting sequence whenever mm-hmm. they share the clips. Mm-hmm. And so we both had a good laugh. But I agree with you that, that it is happening already. And um, you're going to— uh, I don't think see- it's
1: not—it could happen more. Obviously, it could happen more. And yeah, it's not—but it's not—but just- not, I think what Justin's asking is, like, you know, should we be nominating things just to force the idea of this being a thing? And it's not about that. It's about the idea that—that's why I use Vice as an example— you can't just throw in these movies that are presumed Oscar winners because they have these things that you typically seek with Oscars. If you want to actually see a change, you have to actually look at the other movies that are out there made by a variety of different people. Because there's right. a whole spectrum of people that are out there that are all making movies. And some of them are really good. Some aren't. Like, some them, I get that. Exactly.
0: Some of them are, like, two minutes long that you'll never see. And some of them are, are going to be full length. Probably the the big screen so
1: but you, you can't get anywhere if you spend all your time watching Bohemian Rhapsody and you spend no time watching leave no trace I mean,
0: <laughs> yeah or you know the writer and,
1: or any number of things but you know <laughs> I'm, I'm throwing out an example. <laughs> I know what you mean
0: yeah but hopefully that answers the question because there was the, uh, definitely um, I agree with Aaron that there's there's a lot more variety now and, and you're just gonna see more of it and that just comes with the time and that comes with uh you know this the change that that's occurring in in Hollywood so I'm all for it. I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to happen in the next like decade because it's becoming a tidal wave.
1: All right. So that was feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Let's start wrapping things up here. Let's move on to a little Latin options. What presents out? Excuse me. Let's move on to <laughs> now. What's presents out now? These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray, DVD, or streaming this week. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I, need, I need to drink some water. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like talking a bunch. Poor
0: okay. water. I'm good.
1: Okay. On Blu-ray this week we have Mary Poppins Returns. I heard it was good. I really like it. Anna and I really liked it. I think it's a lot of fun. It's a solid, uh, like, solid watch. Legacy, legacy sequel, yeah. Uh, speaking of great movies, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse
0: should have been nominated for Best Picture. It's a fantastic
1: movie. Hey, the Oscar-winning Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is out it's this just week. True, it's true. Uh, Pokemon the Movie: Colon the Power of Us is on. Blu- I don't know, this know which week. number
0: this is, but they've made a
1: lot. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to get you ready for. He's a detective. Pikachu? <laughs> and uh, a movie called The Quake. This is a sequel to The Wave, the Norwegian film that was a disaster film about a giant wave. I like gets... the naming. Yeah. So the first one is about this, like, rogue wave that destroyed a town, <laughs> and it has a sequel about an earthquake. And I desperately want to see this movie because I really like The Wave. <laughs>
0: so... Very cool. Yeah. Again, I like that they didn't just say, like, The Quake or The Wave Part 2.
1: Yeah, it's called The Quake, and it involves, I assume, some of the same characters, so I'm like, I want to see this now. I I, I wanted to see it before I heard that it was, existed, it's, now it's out, so I hope it like goes streaming at some point. Yeah. Um. Also out, specialty stuff, we got Detour and Wanda on Criterion this week, and on Shout Factory we have The Deadly Mantis, which is about, yes, that's right, immigration. No, it's about a deadly mantis. I was um, like,
0: uh, it should be about a giant mantis, right? <laughs>
1: yes. But speaking of which, Born in East L.A., Cheech Marin's film is out in Shout Factory this week as well. Man, that's a that's a throwback if you want to see L.A. back in the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's changed quite a um, bit. <laughs> yeah. Streaming this week, we have um, Arrested Development Season 5B, so the second half of Season 5. Uh, are you excited at all about Arrested Development at this point? You know, with all the stuff about Jeffrey Tambor
0: and the way that they treated... Um, I forget the actor. Walter. Jessica Walter Jessica say, I, I don't know. Some of its luster has been losing, but I also I feel like
1: it's... even beyond that, just like the, sh- just the quality of the show. Like well, I can't, yeah, I, that's what yeah. I was going
0: to get. I was like, I haven't mm-hmm. actually kept up with this series. So I don't know how excited like fans are like you, how are you feeling about it?
1: So I, I was like, Oh, it's out. Like that was kind of my, it's like, and I've watched a couple and it's like, yeah, it's still yeah. kind of, it feel. I was describing this to on it where it just feels like, the spark that you had to make one seasons one through three, just like a classic season, series of TV, sure. that's just not here now. Be, between just the time from it, the way it's being constructed, and just the kind of how that has shifted a lot of other sitcoms since then, it just feels like this is like returning to something that doesn't feel unique anymore.
0: Yeah, and my thoughts about seeing a season five was like, I didn't know they were making a season five, so yeah, that's kind of the, where I And have... this is the second half of it. Wow, <laughs> so. yeah. So, I mean, but, good on them yeah. for a continue, but...
1: I mean, it's nice that all of those actors are Have gone on to together. do other projects. And that, yeah, the, well, yeah, they all became, like, fairly big stars to varying degrees. Yeah. But also that they all back for this thing is still... that's There's a novelty there that I enjoy, yeah. which is why I'm going to watch the rest of the season. But at the same time, it just doesn't have the same kind of spark that made the, you know, the initial series so classic in my sure. mind. Sure, yeah. Uh, also out, Love, Death, and Robots. This is a series of short film, short animated features, all produced by David Fincher and Tim Miller, director of um, Deadpool. Okay. Um, I've watched one so far. They're very violent. <laughs> that's the okay. kind of takeaway I have. In but, an yeah, anime they, way. And they're animated. They're all yeah, like yeah. at least one I watch is CG. And I'm not sure if they're all CG, but they're all animated shorts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of violence so Got far. Okay. The, so. Um, and turn up, Charlie. This is the Idris Elba. Do you know what the show is named? I was like, that sounds familiar, but okay. Do you do you know what Idris Elba likes to do the most? The dance. DJ. He's a DJ. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. He, yeah. He's, he's a huge DJ fan. I was like talking. People like that really like are just like in love with Idris Elba. Like yeah. they're just giant fans of him. They they don't know anything about him. It seems they only just like Idris Elba because he's just he's a huge DJ person. Like that's and the he's only thing he likes talking about. Yeah. He was yeah he's done a lot of things but like his passion is being a DJ beyond like acting like that was a big thing that he's a part of and uh-huh. so now he's made a sitcom about him being a DJ a sitcom Netflix. yeah Turn Up Charlie it's an eight episode series about D- Idris Elba as a okay. DJ that he co right. he co created I I watched to check
0: this out because I like Idris Elba
1: yeah like it's the it's certainly the like the lightest you've ever seen him like he's very it's he's just fun a, it's in a... rock and roller. He is fun rocker, but I mean, this is just that without the gangster stuff and him being <laughs> just nothing but a comedy guy. Like yeah. it's him. He plays like a DJ who had a hit like a long time ago and now he's trying to get his career back going again. So he starts he, he starts like befriending like his old friend and his wife and the wife is like a, a popular DJ and she has a daughter. So he's kind of being like the nanny for the daughter while also yeah. trying to get his DJ career going. Have again. you it's seen any a- of
0: these episodes?
1: Yeah, I've watched a, I watched a handful of them. Does so it have far. like it, a
0: British sensibility to them? Oh, it's a very British show. Okay, for sure. all right. Now I'm very curious it's, to see. It. It's
1: set in London. It's very like, and that's actually well filmed as far as it's kind of edited to the beat to a point. Like, there's okay. some neat there's some neat visual stuff going on. Yeah. But I just like the idea of Idris Elba, who's so you know generally very serious in movies, or at least like playing into that and having fun with it sometimes. Here he's just playing like. Just like a dude, like he's just like I'm a DJ, <laughs> like whatever. Like it's very laid back. It's like it's not a great show, but it's so slight. It's like yeah. it's hard not to like this. <laughs> I'm gonna check it out. I will. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, it's breezy. It's like a, they're all you know 25 minute episodes or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's on Netflix this week. Also, A Separation is on Netflix this week. Oscar for Hotties, Oscar-winning film. It's fantastic. I just want to throw that out there because it's ama- it's an amazing movie.
0: Yeah, he's he's made tremendous movies.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the best movies of this decade. So there's no reason not to go see it. It's on Netflix. It's very easy. Um, on Prime this week, Catastrophe season four. Um, this is a show I've heard a lot of great things about. I haven't watched it, but it has the um, Rob Delaney, who was um, the guy in uh, Deadpool two, the, just the, the like the normal guy. That yeah, he's he
0: quite a presence on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. Uh
1: but as him and the actress is she's one he was she was one of the stars in uh, game nights. Um I can't
0: think of her name and uh, well, it's, it's a weird day for you for names.
1: She was I know, it's weird, right? Um Sharon Horgan. Uh, okay. But yeah. but yeah, they're that's that they're together on this show and I've heard great things. I don't watch it at all, but season four, so fans of that. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh next week's show is Us. I I'm afraid. This is us, Abe. That's what's happening.
0: Yeah, we're going to have uh, Sterling K. Brown guest star.
1: Yeah, Emilia Ventimiglia. It's going to be great.
0: <laughs> no, he's going to die in the first episode, though.
1: No, but we'll, we've already recorded it, so we haven't been finished <laughs> <laughs> we, already, we already talked to talk to him about Spoilers
0: it. Spoilers for This Is Us. <laughs>
1: yeah. Rocky's really upset. I'll tell you that right now.
0: Oh, man, I forgot about that
1: scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, we're going to talk about Jordan Peele's Us. Uh, that should be a lot of fun, because... Why wouldn't it be? This should be a great movie. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so looking forward to this. This is one of like my most anticipated of the year. So, yeah. Um, I have some ideas of who we're going to have guests on and it should be a fun episode for sure. Sounds great. Uh, Last thing we do here, what should people go and see now? What do you plan to see next? Hey, what should people see in theaters right now?
0: Um, hmm. I guess you can go check out uh, How to Train Dragon and please keep on giving Captain Marvel some money. I mean, it, it wasn't my favorite, but at the same time, I just, just really disliked and disdained the way that people were negatively reviewing it before it even came out. I mean, at that point, I was just like, F all you guys, go give this movie as much money as you can.
1: I would say uh, Apollo 11 is fantastic. Oh, damn. It, it keeps going into wider and wider release, so there's really no reason not to see it while it's out because it's great. Um, Captive State, I do think, is worthwhile, so you can check it out. And um, next, I'm, I'm seeing Us is next. What do you see next? Did you say what you see next?
0: next? Uh, no, but it's probably going to be us.
1: Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, with all of that, so that's going to do it for this week's episode about Now, there and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodeazeek.com. All my written movie reviews end up over there. You can also find me writing on weliveentertainment.com. I'm covering The Walking Dead, among other things. And I'm on Twitter, at ps 4 Abe?
0: You can find more fun stuff on my Instagram, abe.mua, and twitter.com, slash Smith hashtag please don't send me any clown videos, uh, and sub 640, the podcast
1: and you can find all the other episodes about now if they're enabled on itunes audioboom spotify and stitcher
0: listen to the episode of hwld soundcloud and podomatic feel free to email us at outnowpodcast at
1: gmail.com
0: right on our facebook wall facebook with com slash or twitter.com slash and underscore podcast
1: and find the youtube link to that entire are you afraid of the dark episode involving the scary clown and send that link over to us on pod on tumblr at outnowpodcasttumblr.com. <laughs> let me just ask
0: you is it a scary episode
1: I mean, I saw it when, I, when in the mid nineties when it was out, and I was a child. So I assume it was a scary episode then. I don't know if it'd be scary now. I mean, just At the, the idea same time, the idea of like the idea of a, cl- a clown, that someone you you a clown's nose and then you get then terrified follows, by that you, clown. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that sounds <laughs> like, like oh. it, it. It sounds like it, and it follows rolled into one movie, which would be called it follows it. I don't know. <laughs> That's <laughs> a movie that we should greenlight. We should find that we should yeah. do. We should do a commentary for that. Are you afraid of the dark? <laughs> <laughs> it's,
0: it's only like twenty minutes, I'm sure. Uh,
1: yeah. It's probably, it's probably, it's probably just because, the, weren't there like, like two I'll stories in that every it
0: episode? It is literally on YouTube.
1: Weren't there like two stories in every episode? So it's probably like 10 minutes. 10 minutes each? Yeah. Wasn't it, isn't that how it was though? Weren't there like two, always two stories? I can't recall. Stories?
0: I mean, are you I afraid of the that, dark? That, that show used to scare me. <laughs>
1: I'm pretty sure that's how it was though. It would always be like I didn't like stories. that intro at all. Oh yeah, the
0: intro is actually yeah, scary. I like I'd it. have to.
1: I literally like turned the head away when like the dummy came on screen. Like that's
0: yeah. I don't remember dummy because I I never watched the it, intro. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's just
1: like it's an intro. Like it goes up some stairs and you're in a creepy. This attic is and why kind of I, I can't
0: watch Us and Pet Cemetery coming down the line because yeah, I it, don't like horror
1: and it chapter 2 come which which is said uh, to have one of the bloodiest scenes of all time.
0: Gosh, I just I'm going to send the back row with my hoodie on.
1: <laughs> and uh midsummer which we talked about already.
0: That one, again like what I said though, that
1: it's going to have elements of horror in it but it's a little bit more of like subverting your ideas of how horror movies when you get on this podcast on eight on august 11th and talk about this movie with me you're gonna be like that was scary <laughs> oh i'm gonna laugh
0: yeah i just cannot like i've been hearing great things about all these horror movies we've talking about and then child's Play is coming out and while well, that doesn't look amazing it's just more of just like oh well it's another well you're,
1: well you're gonna you're gonna double feature child's play and toy story because they come out on the same
0: day. <laughs> perfect you know kids yeah. playing with toys yeah.
1: All right. That's our wrap-up for the yeah. show. Um, no guests, so I don't have to thank anybody. I'll thank you, the listener, though. Thank
0: you. Thank you, listeners. Me.
1: Yeah, for sure. We'll be back next week. We'll talk about us. Until then, I got five on it. So until next time, so long. And goodbye. I, I think X2 is still great, but at the same time, like there's shit like that where it's like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> how does adamantium make any sense ever in a movie? <laughs> but,
0: uh, I mean, you know. How can this
1: guy run faster than everyone else? <laughs> like he's He weighs, like, must be weighing, like, three tons. <laughs> that, that's what gets him at the end. That's what Logan's all about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His I'm so heavy.
0: heavy. It, it's killing me. <laughs>